And now, introducing the men who tried to catch up on the Oscars following another thrilling Padres-Dodgers game as he was thrilled to see his namesake, Glenn Close, was properly celebrating the hit 2000 comedy film The Ladies' Man as he was quick to add, quote, I wonder if she also likes tennis, unquote. Following this weekend's action, he lauded the work of the Orioles' front office and their roster manipulation, insisting, quote, if you've got the chance to start Wade LeBlanc, you've got no need for anybody like Dean Kramer for a little while, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We're here for the next couple of hours. Busy Monday show on tap. Much to discuss as um, we are only a few days away from always, the dirt. Is, it, is it always the dirt. Is, it, is it always the dirt. Is, it, is it always the dirt. Is 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 it, is it always the derby is always the, the first saturday of may and so it's but just this is that right technically it just it happens to work right. out that saturday is may 1st right Instead of it being, you Which know, is an early. It's a very, it's the, as early as it could possibly be. So I mean this with all due respect. I'm not in remotely prepared to discuss the Kentucky Derby this week. We will do the least Kentucky Derby coverage that we've ever done in the history of the show this week. We won't have time for Rick. I please tell me we I, won't have time. I, I mean, for Rick. I'm I'm thinking about ideas for how we do this with Rick. I'm considering <laughs> all sorts of concepts. We'll see. It's a tradition. I guess we need to do it, but no, no, no. Jesus, I think you man. misunderstood. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're <laughs> I'm saying. I'm not sure but, you do. What we might not have time for is, you know, like, we got to squeeze in the ones that matter. So we'll do Rick. Yeah, we just might course, not have Kyle time for Bob Baffert. Oh. Like, oh, yeah. Might not have time for the less important it. things this of week. Course. Uh, well, who's uh, the horse this year, huh? Gary, well, who's uh, the horse this year, huh? Gary, well, who's uh, the horse this year, huh? I on it. Honest guy, Kyle, I have no idea. It hit me this morning. This was Kentucky Derby week. And you were like, oh. And like, I've seen some of the names of horses in the last couple weeks, but I have done no work whatsoever because it's NFL draft season. Sure. That's what we We've do. We've kind of been building here. up to a, a certain date here. Yeah. Speaking of which, don't forget Thursday night, we will be at Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, for the Great Eights memorabilia, Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland draft party. It's uh, there's so much going on. It's going to be an amazing event featuring Gus Edwards Thursday, starting at seven o'clock at Looney's Pub, and then we're going to start our Project Game Day draft special broadcast live from Looney's somewhere around seven thirty with myself, KZ, Jeremy Khan. We're looking forward to that. On top of that, there'll be raffles, mini silent auction, food and drink specials all night long at Looney's. Your meet-and-greet tickets gets you a picture and autograph with Gus Edwards. Now, I said this is to benefit Meals on Wheels, so that meet-and-greet, $45. The money goes to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. That's the point. You're making a donation that just so happens to be that in the process, you're getting hooked up with a chance to meet and get a picture with your favorite running back. So keep that in mind. Instead of complaining, why is it 45? It's a donation that you're making to a really great charity that's doing tremendous work in our community. If that's too much, we are offering you the chance to save eight bucks on your meet and greet ticket right now. Go to greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com. Or go to Mission Ticks. And when you check out, put the code GLEN, all caps, G-L-E-N-N. For Glenn Close, of course. Exactly right. Celebrating her love for the DMV. Put that in 
the code spot. I don't even know what they call that. They'll ask Promo you if you have code. a code. Yeah, but I don't know what you... The promotion code input but there's box. Box, is Text that you box. call it? Text, Text box, box like, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Field. Put it there, the and you'll save eight bucks. I think that might be right. You might be right about that, yeah. the field. Um, we're playing the field. Mm-hmm. $8 off your meet and greet ticket for Thursday night. It's going to be an amazing night. Maybe we'll bring Rick out to Loonies on Thursday night. Good thing I want to be able oh, to make yeah. it. <laughs> maybe we won't. No, maybe no, we no. Won't Feel free. Maybe we'll do Friday. All right, uh, so that's that's that. See you on Thursday night for uh, Project Game Day. Coming up in just a few minutes, Doug Farrar from Yahoo. Really weird bit this weekend where yeah. Bucky Brooks went on NFL Network and was like... I've been trying to have Bucky Brooks on talk draft for a while now. I don't know what's going on with Bucky. We've, You know the funny thing is? Bucky was the guy that we always fought about about Flacco. With Joe Flacco. Yeah. And now we're going to have to fight about fight with him about Lamar. What the hell is going I on? I can't tell if he really believes it. It's a weird bit, man. Uh, Bucky was talking about the idea that the Ravens could... Be like an um, army, which is a, like a bizarre... Co- no, not it. even just college. He specifically used army, a service academy, as if to say the system is what matters. Uh, by the way, let me make this abundantly clear. Ask Kenny Amatololo right now if he'd rather have another year of Malcolm Perry or and potentially lose a little bit from the rest of his roster sure. or have to go with the guys that he played at quarterback last season. Of course. Just just go ask him. Stability is always, right always preferable. If, which he would have preferred being the case. Sure. Anyway, so Bucky lays that out there on NFL Network, and then the internet freaks out, and Doug Farrar from Yahoo decides to sort of white knight and say, I don't think it's so crazy, the idea of not signing Lamar Jackson and just letting him walk away. And so, by the way, this was something that was, when geez, they in the vaguest of terms, not Vegas, but vaguest, like when he was drafted, the idea was posited that, oh, they, yeah, they just were going to run him, run him crazy. Per- perhaps. And then after, but he just yes, won MVP. Correct. He proved to be... Far better than that. Anyway, we'll talk more about it with Doug Farrar uh, coming up here in a few minutes. I'm not. I do not intend for this to be combative sure. in any way. I intend to have a conversation. I think he's flatly wrong and or. I don't know if he's just doing devil's advocate kind of thing. Uh, like. But there's a little bit. It's the he's he's falling in the trap that so many people have fallen into, which is blaming Joe Flacco for what happened to the Baltimore Ravens after the 2012 season. He's he's falling into that trap. Where you're ignoring related, I mean, in the sense that well, they're trying to make a comparison. Hey, wouldn't the Ravens, in hindsight, wouldn't they have liked to have gone back and not signed their last quarterback? No. Or maybe they would have liked to actually have drafted impactful players for the better part of five years. Everything that every argument about this with the Ravens just makes me laugh. It really does because it just drives me back. I can, I can viscerally remember what it was like before, right? When the Ravens, no, had the no idea yes, of ever finding an okay quarterback was a dream. It was like, man, what a, can you imagine if the Ravens just had a quarterback? I hear you, man. And then they get one, right? I and then they don't give them weapons. We get all upset about it, but now they get one that wins unanimous MVP. He's 24 <laughs> years old. I, dude, we're not. <laughs> we, we'll, like, talk, we'll talk about it more. We'll talk about it more. Also this morning, uh, speaking of more, Rondale Moore is going to join us. He's a wide receiver from Purdue. I don't, I don't know. If he's the right fit for the Ravens, but he's a damn good playmaker, he's a compelling possibility. I'm. He's I, for what we think the fit is. He's not, but like right, we don't know that the Ravens the don't. I don't know what the right. Ravens think they are looking for and how they're trying to build a team and if they're willing to do some of the gadget type of stuff that would make Rondale Moore make more sense. Logical in a certain sense, but like he's that fast. Would still, he's fast as hell. You would Get still have field. a need elsewhere in the receiving group, Correct. presumably. 
so we'll talk uh, we'll talk to him a little bit later on in the program. Also coming up this morning, Johnny Stefanowitz, who's one of the most unbelievable stories I've ever heard. Uh, he just qualified for the Olympics. He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler based out of Southern York County who came through Harford County in Baltimore. He wrestled here. He's a local guy on his path. But he was never, like, a high school wrestler. He wasn't good. His brother was a rock star. Literally? He went and joined the Marines. Johnny Stefanowitz did. When you say rock star, you mean rock star wrestler. No, like rock star wrestler. Thank you. Joined the Marines, went down. That was his path in life. And now at the age of 29, suddenly finds himself as an Olympic wrestler. It's a crazy story. It means there's hope for me yet. Yeah. You didn't join the Marines either. I also only have a Um, month. (laughs) Until you're 29. Until I'm 30, dude. Oh, you're already 29? I thought you were 28. Eh, Whatever. I'll be 28. I'll be 28 for you. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me feel better. You really going to be 30? Yeah, man. Oh, we got to find a young person again. <laughs> we need, a, we yeah. need a new we need a new young person for the show. <laughs> to be fair, we need somebody who's a little more in touch with the youngsters. I was never fully in, in touch. Not fully in touch, but you at least had an idea. I was representative. Yeah, moving forward with those for yeah. the show. Moving forward. Yeah, no. uh, we need interns back. Really, around these parts. What the hell happened to interns? I miss those. I mean, I get it. It was <laughs> yeah. a pandemic. Uh, and Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday. That's all on the way. Anything all right. happened this weekend? Yeah, we have not. I mean, plenty of things happened this weekend. Look, I was Friday, enthralled. Yeah. I was enthralled by the Dodgers Padres series. I watched all four games. They were all on national TV. They were all wonderful. They were incredible. Uh, may those teams play every every day for the rest June of the season. Now. I know it's infuriating. Um, it was incredible baseball. John Means had a great start. That's lovely. Austin, Austin Hayes. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I don't know what that means. Well, it means no he's pitching as well as he possibly but, can right but now. But I don't know what that means big it, picture. It means that if in, in theory in, he were to be pitching this well come the All-Star break, there's going right. to be teams that are going to so be offering the, the real The question stuff. becomes can you get a an overwhelming haul and go ahead and well, do it right now? if he's pitching at a 1-5 ERA yeah, well, level, yes, then yes. You would, like, <laughs> you would like to hope so. Right. The question becomes then is does somebody say, well, but you shouldn't. I not. There's no world in which you shouldn't. You should absolutely. If he's pitching that well, then you have to. I, I mean, I think if he's pitching even somewhere I get close it. Even to if that, it's, well, if he's pitching a sub three level, yes, I, I think you have, you have to. to. I think you have to, as long as the offers are what you would think they would be for someone who's pitching that sure. well. Uh, Austin Hayes had a couple home runs. That's nice. Zach Lowther's on the team now. Swell. Uh, we'll see where that Why goes. Didn't in the start him on Saturday. I I don't have an answer to that because they were gonna uh, because Keegan I mean, Aiken's breakfast and screwed then... everything up apparently because his breakfast ruined their what entire plans the weekend. I don't know. Don't have that answer. Well, I'm, he used a lot of knives for breakfast. Uh, a lot of times when you're cutting fruit is when uh, those types of injuries tend a to happen. Herring knife, right? perhaps. Yeah, those types of injuries tend to happen when you're cutting some fruit. So uh, that occurred. Obviously, we have not had the opportunity to chat. I was on. I've I've done Kansas City radio more <laughs> recently than I've done this show, uh, in terms of talking about. It happened, Brown. It happened. A lot of stuff. I'm writing, and this is the funny thing. Like I intended to write my draft preview column this morning, and I had to sort of like loop in all the Orlando Brown stuff as well. So my column coming today at PressBoxOnline.com. Did you read Peter King's column this morning? I have not. Um, it was, I mean, he did a mock draft himself. Mm-hmm. And he did, you know, bits and pieces discussing. And he wrote at, at not sizable length, but a little bit, about how he called it a neat, quote-unquote, trade between the Ravens and the Chiefs, talking about specifically the value right, side the, of the, all of it's this. A, it's a clever way to go about putting a trade together. But at the end, there's no, there's you made no your direct competition better. Well, there's there's there, and that's the, there's so many narratives to this trade that there's not one that stands out immediately. The first one would be if you think the Ravens had to trade Orlando Brown, they had no choice. If you believe that, 
then you'll find yourself saying, I think they did about right, as well probably, as they possibly if could If there was have. a better first-round pick to be had, they would have made that deal. Correct. Nobody was straight-up offering, of, like what Peter King said, was right. there was no first-round pick offer available due to what would be the fact that you would have to trade for and then extend or Exactly Brown. right. So they got creative. They figured out a way to get an additional first-round pick for Orlando Brown, despite the fact that it weren't first-round pick offers. They, allegedly, the value they were looking at was about the 44th or the 45th right. pick in the draft Something for Orlando in, Brown was really worth. So so they did some other creative things, and they came up with a trade that they felt like worked. Okay, fine. fine. By the way, Pro Football Focus kind of lined up with the – actually, I think they were more bullish about it and said that they think the actual value is more like a back end of the first round Well, this pick. is – they were but talking about all the different models, and there's plenty of them. Right. James Johnson's underrate second and third round one, picks 100%. and all percent so, so there's all of that, right? You might feel at the end of the day as though the Ravens did about as well as they possibly could do if they had to trade Orlando Brown. If you're someone who didn't believe the Ravens had to trade Orlando Brown, you're absolutely more likely to fall into the, dude, you just made it more difficult to beat the Chiefs next season – and you're worse today than you were a week ago. They're better and you're worse. How's that a good trade? There are so many narratives that you can fall into on this trade that there's nothing that I can predominantly come away to say to try to make you feel better one way or the other. I think that there's, of course, right? Like when you just talk about the the picks, the capital that they got and what they gave like in a vacuum, I think there's even an argument to be made that they, even if it's not the Chiefs, should have stood pat and had Orlando Brown for this year and taken their compensatory pick and done given themselves the best chance to try to go win a Super Bowl. I think there's an argument to be made for that. Yeah, because they've now entered into this week with a real need, right? Like offensive line, and and, and this is one of the things that I cover in the column. The most negative thing I could say about it is that as of five days ago you had two top 60 picks and two absolute must areas of need on your roster. Now, you've got two top 60 picks and three absolute must areas of need on your roster. And so you're looking at that and you're kind of like, I don't know how much I... Like people in Peter King's column, he discussed how people think these top 50, 60 picks are the real valuable ones, right? Like the second round is where there's a load of value. Like people are hesitant to even trade up yeah. because they think that there's not a whole lot of difference between and we've talked about that the a good bit. early second and the late right. first. Now, could that change? Could a team with or, the draft's or, happening? Or, or are they right? You know what I mean? Of course. First of all, is all of it posturing? And would you always or, rather have the 31st overall pick compared to the, the 58th? Of yes. course. Of course. But I don't know that that means 31 spots around, right? That's useful. Right. Is... I don't know. I don't know what it's worth. It obviously depends on who you get and what Orlando Brown, just how good well, the, he ends it, up I mean, being for Kansas is, City. The biggest issue is the impact from the Ravens roster. That's the one that I keep coming back to. And that's what I want to know from you today, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, is where you are with the Ravens roster. That To me, the Orla- how, you, how you feel about the Orlando Brown trade is almost irrelevant. It's where are we with the Ravens roster today. And by the way, Peter King had them trading up to the 22nd overall pick to take Quiddy Pay. And and it's one of the scenarios that I presented. And then taking it, Landon Dickerson with the thirty first pick. What are they using to get to the? They, what are they, they using to get to the twenty seventh? Next year's second, the twenty seventh, and the ninety fourth pick to move up to the twenty second. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe if I mean, that's what I'm it not, takes. I don't yeah, know. Maybe but, I don't you know. know. Um, I would think that a team would want next year's second more than they would want I, an extra third this year. I don't know. That's weird. 
Um, for a team like Tennessee, who needs receivers, right? I, I, you could I guess. load up and like just I, you know. I but guess. I but you yeah, know. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe right. it works out that way. Who knows? Um, the roster is the the issue for me. The roster right now is the issue, which is the Ravens didn't really do a lot. We we all I think everybody's on board with Kevin Zeitler sure. being a solid fit. You know, he's going to be a starter, and you're going to be a, feel pretty Correct. good about that. But the problem being the Ravens appeared to be special players away from beating the best teams in the AFC. The, it didn't appear as though this was a devil in the details type of scenario where, you know, they were just a, you know, a, an extra linebacker away or one more depth piece away from being that team in the AFC. It felt like the difference really was the group of special players. The Ravens have a couple of special players. They have a special quarterback. A uniquely special quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's special. There's no debating that. They have special a special tight end. They, I mean, he is. He is. A, no, they have a very good tight end. They have a very good tight end who, if he was more consistent, we would say special. He's not consistent enough to put in the special category. He's very good, but in particular, in their most important games, he has not been. I very think there's good. something to be said for the fact that for what they've now begun asking him to do with more blocking right like i that's, still think as a pass catcher himself he's special now he's, he's drops capable. the that's, drops are, i get it like, there's been much. moments where there's it's too much I, you can't be special right. when you're not consistent enough fair enough and i don't, I don't want to get hung like, up on you, that you can now, be a really good player and i think mark andrews is a really good player but there's a difference between really good and truly special okay that's fine he's, marlon humphrey's truly special sure. ronnie, ronnie stanley, stanley when he's is, healthy, truly, yeah. is truly special their kicker is truly special that's the list. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's the entirety of the list of special for the Baltimore Ravens. That's what they're still missing. They're not missing Sam four Cook picks. As well, I mean, sure. Yes, Fine. I get it. They're not missing four picks in the third round. And this obsession that we have with acquiring more picks, it, and it goes back to how infuriated I was to the reaction that people had about that fourth round a few years ago when what they came away with was an oft-injured cornerback, and nothing else. And we raved about it and how brilliant the Ravens were to put together that fourth round and to get Alex Lewis and Willie Henry and Kenneth Dixon. And what do they have to show for that? Literally next to nothing. Tavon Young's played okay briefly. They got a little bit of good football out of Alex Lewis. Next to nothing from this round that everyone raved about, and Todd McShay was talking about it as one of the greatest rounds in the history of the draft. They're not middling pieces away. They had four third-round picks a year ago, and they might all turn out to be really good football players. But they're not Tyree Phillips and Devin Duvernay away from being a team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They need special. They need difference makers immediately. And they didn't do it in free agency, which is fine. Like, that's the way it goes. They have to find that here. They need guys now that will step in and be difference makers for this football team. And so to Peter King's point, if Quiddy Pay is that guy, if he's the pass rusher that can be special immediately, then they need to go get him. They can't just sit and play the value game and say, 
well, we don't think the guys at 31 are all that different than the guys are at 56, so we'll just keep moving back and acquiring more picks. Finding a pass rusher for four years down the road well, is... If that were the case, don't make the trade. But What's that? <laughs> if that were the case, don't make the trade. What do you mean? If you think the guys at 31 are the same as the guys at 56? I'm saying they would trade back in oh, that okay. scenario. No, I'm That's saying the they don't trade up in the first place. Well, don't yeah, yeah, right. don't make the, oh, yeah. don't make the Chiefs trade. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, they might, depending on how the draft plays out, that could, sure. they could change their mind about that. Go get the guy that's ready to be great now. And I get it. There's a limit to that. You can't go up and get Kyle Pitts. And there's no knowing, of course. Like, and, yeah, uh, obviously, day, right? it's like, a, an imperfect science. But the value thing, the thing where you're constantly trying to get the best value and everybody wants to rave about, look at what the Ravens did acquiring all these fourth-round picks and getting all these players that we like and we like more because the Ravens like them and we think the Ravens are really good at this. We have to keep talking about that. For all the things we want to praise the Ravens for in the draft, that was one of the most absurd crap takes in the history of the draft. It was a horrible round. Trading back and acquiring more fourth-round picks did not help the Ravens. It hurt them. They got nothing from it. And again, way too early to look at last year's third round and their four picks in last year's third round. But it didn't help them last year. King also said that essentially, he said, to the Ravens, the Ravens view the 31st overall pick as essentially like the 20 through 22nd overall pick because in their experience, there's they always a player they have ranked that highly that would fall that, to that level. that very well might be the case. He also said another interesting tidbit on the, in the draft itself when he was talking about the Quiddy Pay pick. Yes. He said, for what it's worth, I don't think the Ravens would take Terrace Marshall from LSU. Okay. Mm-hmm. There it is. I mean, I, I, I think that a lot of people have been scared off of Terrace Marshall in the last couple of weeks specifically of the in, because of the injury stuff. I don't care. I honestly don't care where it is. They need special, and they need special quickly. That's the difference. The difference is not safeties that can help in special teams. The difference is not middle linebackers, Malik Harrison's of the world. No offense to Malik Harrison, who might still prove to be a really good football player. They don't need more third-round picks. They need special, however they can find it. Their roster is that far away at the moment. That's the issue that they're dealing with. You'll be able to read more about it at PressBoxOnline.com today. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window, bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months, 866-90NATION or WindowNation.com. So our friend Bucky Brooks put out this kind of crazy idea last week on NFL Network that... The Ravens just allow Lamar Jackson to graduate and don't sign him and just assume that the next guy that they find, and he suggested they be the team to consider, you know, one of the quarterbacks that might fall this year to groom, which actually makes no sense to me because you would want five years out of the quarterback. Anyway, that's a different conversation. So a lot of you say, well, that's nuts. That's insane. Not our next guest. Friend of ours who's getting up early for us, and we really appreciate that out on the West Coast. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Doug Farrar from Yahoo Sports. Doug, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking the time. Hope you, your family, are healthy and well. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, I've actually moved on to USA Today. but Oh, yeah, so Doug, I'm so sorry. Bad. I'm so all, sorry. All I, I knew that. I knew that, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm so used. You, you know, you do this. We've done this a number of times over the years. 
and I apologize because I just fall into traps. But I did know that that you're at USA Today now. It's all you know what it's four days to the draft. I think we're all a little punchy. Goodness knows I am. I didn't even wake up for you guys. I've been up since like four this morning. You're writing insane. Stuff, so, yeah. You're a you're a crazy person, Doug. For yes, I am. All right, let's. So uh, yeah, I so I put this up on Saturday morning, yep. and my my Twitter landscape has been highly interesting, especially from the Baltimore environs. So so <laughs> I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not here. I'm not here to fight with you. That's not what I do. I know. That's not the type of show that I've done. I, I disagree, but I, it's not, you know, I think we can be dis, we think we can disagree in ways that we can find some common ground and have a conversation. Um, here's here's the, the couple of things that really jump out at me from the piece that you wrote, Doug. The first is I still struggle with the comparisons to the Joe Flacco thing. I really still struggle with it because for some reason it feels as though we've allowed that narrative to continue to exist, that the Ravens' problem was Joe Flacco's contract and have utterly absolved them of the fact that here we are 25 years later and they've still never drafted and developed a wide receiver. It just has never happened. They're, they're not capable of doing it for whatever reason. And in particular, outside of the year they got Jimmy Smith and Torrey Smith in the first and second rounds, their first and second round picks for a five-year span were an abomination. They, they were horrible. I mean, just right. flat, like the Sergio Kindles of the world, the Matt Elams of the world. I mean, it was an ungodly stretch of five years for the Ravens in the early rounds of the NFL draft. And I'm, I'm confused as to why we continue to allow the Joe Flacco side of it. Not saying that Joe Flacco was a great quarterback or a whole, anything along those lines. But I'm confused as to why that continues to be the narrative that exists and why we don't talk about those other things that really were what conspired to make the Ravens not be able to continue winning with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. I think that's correct. And, you know, I, I put the Flacco deal in there, which was basically, you know, and they, and they had, I believe they had offered him a deal before the playoffs and he had refused it. And then he bet on himself and, you know, <laughs> that went well for Flacco. Yep. Well, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in that Super Bowl run. Not bad. Um, I put Flacco in there as more of a team comparison i i think what the ravens are looking at now reminds me very much and i wrote about it right after the rams gave jared goff that four-year 134 million dollar extension i thought this is a mistake and the reason it's a mistake is because you're paying him top five quarterback money and the ceiling is low and the ceiling is not getting higher now with lamar He's a very different quarterback, obviously, than either Joe Flacco or Jared Goff. No question. Um, uh, you know, his ceiling to me is Michael Vick with the Eagles, when he still had all that athleticism and he put his brain around a West Coast offense, which the Falcons didn't want to do with him and didn't work out. And he, you know, had, he had his, you know, thing and then came back and he sort of, for about a season and a half, became that guy. Now, when you the Lamar situation specifically, he's not going to get four years, one thirty-four. He's going to get one of those crazy Patrick Mahomes ten-year, you know, gross national product of France with five void years or whatever. But it's going to be if you look at Mahomes' contract, it's more than reasonable the next two years, and then it's just this huge cement block of roster bonuses and guaranteed money, and you know it's going to be hard for them to build around that. Um, no matter how good your cap guy is. And we don't know what the caps are going to be in the next few years. And it's not, this is not something the Ravens have to consider right away. They've got the fifth-year option potential by May 3rd. You know, you kind of assume they're going to pick it up. They could always franchise him. 
the the question with Lamar and any quarterback at, at this sort of level is, what is the ceiling? What does he still struggle with? Can we get him to the point where these struggles are not, you know, endemic of his career? And with Lamar, I think there are still a lot of questions. You know, missing open receivers, throwing with anticipation at times, middle of the field closed coverage has been an issue where he'll just kind of check down and he's not comfortable with what he sees. And you'd want to see maybe a bit more development at, you know, given his time in the NFL. And, you know, am am I holding Lamar to a very high standard? Without question. And the Ravens have to hold him to a high standard, too, if they're going to give him that kind of contract. Um, The overarching point in the piece was that at some point, some team like the Rams, instead of doing what you do, which is you give Jared Goff that money because God help you if you don't, and then he goes somewhere else and is better, which in Jared Goff's case was not going to happen. You know, could Lamar be better somewhere else? And, you know, could the Ravens wind up with egg on their faces? Sure. But what Eric DaCosta and the staff have to weigh now is, okay, it, it, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year. We, we have to sort of redo our entire team-building paradigm because now we're going to have this quote-unquote albatross of a contract. So I'm not saying this is what the Ravens should do. Um, I heard Bucky talk about it on the Move the Sticks podcast. I had made the same argument with Jared Goff a couple of years ago. So I just think it's an interesting discussion to see, you know, which team is going to go full metal money ball, as I wrote, at some point and just say, you know what, this isn't our guy. It's kind of like what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. And obviously Sam Darnold is a lot lower risk there because we haven't seen anything near from Darnold what we've seen from Lamar at Lamar's peak. But if it works once, it's a copycat league and you're going to see other teams do it. So I'm not saying Lamar is the guy that this experiment should be tried out on. I'm saying that it, it, it comes, his future and his potential new contract, those things come at a very interesting inflection point for the league and for that position. Doug Farrar is with us from USA Today on Glenn Clark Radio. Doug, a, a couple of things to respond to that. I, I guess I struggle with the, the comparison. Um, I, I don't think that you sign Lamar because you're afraid that he might be better elsewhere. I would think that you would sign him because you decided to do something. I mean, you committed to something as an organization, and it, it seems abundantly clear there is no one possibly who could be better at doing what you do than Lamar Jackson. And so, I mean, in, right. in this scenario, could you just rip that up and do something completely different if you had a different quarterback? Sure. I and mean, that's, that's what you did with Lamar Jackson, right? Like, you completely ripped it mm-hmm. up and, and came up with something different. But you've kind of committed to this as an organization. And there was this belief, you know, the, the people are like, oh, it's so smart. They signed Robert Griffin III. If Lamar gets hurt, he could just come in and run the offense. Well, no, he can't. Like, th- this is not an offense. The system is not just super proof that that anybody could do this. There's one guy that this works at this level with, and it's the guy that you have. So right. I, I would think that short of just saying – well, hey, every five years we're going to rip up our offense and do something completely different based on whatever quarterback is available. I, I just can't fathom not keeping the guy around who is the exact fit and maybe the only fit for what it is that you do. Sure, uh, I get that. And part of the thing, I mean, the, the main thing that Sean McVay said when they did the golf deal, the first thing he said is, Jared is an ascending quarterback, and we believe that he can get better. And two years down the road, we see that, you know, while McVay may have believed that, it didn't prove to be true. Sure. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson and Jared Goff are the same. You know, Lamar obviously has a higher ceiling, ceiling in a lot well, of And players. I also think it's important that we say they just do different things. I mean, like Lamar, right. the, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are doing something that it makes it very difficult to compare him to any other quarterback in football. Right. What is sort of universal is what is the ceiling? How, how great can he be? And in Lamar's case... His mobility right now is a 104-mile-an-hour fastball. Right. It, it is the unhittable pitch. Four or five years down the road, when it's done in 96, can he mix in a slider? You know, where, what's his breaking pitch? What's his out pitch? And I think as a pure passer, while he's developed really well, um, you know, especially against specific kinds of zone coverage, he was the most productive quarterback against quarters coverage in the NFL last year. I think he had nine touchdowns against cover four. And cover four is a growing defense in the NFL. So a lot of the trends work well for him. But if you're talking about, okay, you know, to, to, to kind of go into what you said about you don't want to rip it up every five years, at a certain point, the Ravens are going to have to rip it up with Lamar, but they're going to have to change it. Because when Lamar's 30, he's not going to run for 1,000 yards. He's either not going to be that fast at that point or the, you know, the, the potential for injury with that many attempts, it is going to start to increase. And so they're going to have to change some things anyway, whether, whether it's Lamar or not. You're going to have to adjust to, you know, ideally Lamar as he's maybe not quite as dynamic as a runner. And obviously the ceiling is very high. This guy's run for over 1,000 yards in two straight seasons. No, one, no other quarterback has ever done that. No other quarterback maybe ever will at the NFL level. But, okay, what's, what's that? As, as the rushing ability, as high as it is, starts to decrease, can he move up in the things that, based on my tape study, he still at times mm-hmm. struggles with, which is you know stuff I talked about before. Mm-hmm. And you guys are familiar with it, too. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm saying for what he's going to command from a financial and cap perspective, you know, where, where, where is the sort of crowbar between what he is and what he's going to have to be in the next two to three to five years. Um, you know, so that's, that's my long winded way of saying, would they have to rip it up with another quarterback and start over to a point, but they're going to have to do that anyway, because Lamar now is not going to be Lamar in five years. It's impossible. Doug, let me, let me go back to something for a second. You, you, you brought up the idea that Lamar was going to get a Mahomes-like contract, and I, I had not gotten that sense. And, again, this is difficult because, unlike the last time we had a quarterback in Baltimore, we don't have an agent to talk to about all of this, and, and the Ravens have been a bit more tight-lipped, so there's less ways to get information. And I've the, the places where I have gotten information, I've gotten the sense that the Dak Prescott deal was probably more along the lines of what the Ravens would be looking at um, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, which in fairness is a is a big deal, but it's not quite the Mahomes deal. I I don't know that I that I disagree necessarily that there this is is tough to be sustainable into the 30s. Although you know who knows right? Like I, there's things that we didn't think Lamar Jackson could do already that he's already proven himself to be capable of doing. So without without question, so maybe he can be more sustainable than some people. And we do know that he's unbelievably good at avoiding hits. It's unreal yeah. how good he is at avoiding hits. But my question will become: Wouldn't wouldn't the next contract line up with that? We're, we're talking about a guy who's 24 years old. If our concerns about Lamar Jackson are when he's in his 30s, wouldn't we be talking about the next contract after that, not this contract that would become the problem area for the Baltimore Ravens? 
Yeah, and if it's four one sixty like Dax, then a lot of this is academic. Then you just do it. If they can get four, if they can get a similar contract to Dak Prescott, where I don't know, I, I don't know what the cap hits are off the top of my head, but and and Jerry kind of, you know, put himself in a bad position by not doing this deal before, in a lot of ways. But you know, Jerry's his own kind of negotiator. Right. Uh, the Ravens have a more traditional and uh, mostly effective structure. So there is that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, if if I, I tell you, about... Doug, for the record, if 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 this was like you know, gun to your head, either giving us the Pat Mahomes deal or or not, you got to let us walk. Then, you know, again, as we always say, one, please take the gun away from my head. That seems way over the top. But two, yeah, I don't know that I would inherently disagree. I I don't think that there's any world in which a Pat Mahomes contract is what makes sense for Lamar Jackson, or frankly, any quarterback whose name isn't Patrick Mahomes at this point. Yeah, but the problem is that we can talk about what that, whether that makes sense or not. The problem is that's not the ceiling. That's not the thing. Right, right. and it's that's what they're the going to ask for. It's pound gorilla in the room. And that's what every quarterback is mean, going to go for. I get it. But yet, but yet we've already seen. You know what I mean? Like It was already out there. And yet, that's not what Dak got, right? Like, it, it seems as though it hasn't really reset the quarterback market as much as it largely still seems to be an outlier for the quarterback market, at least at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the things the Ravens are weighing is I'm, I'm sure at this point there have been initial offers and counteroffers. And I'm, I'm sure DaCosta and his staff have a rough idea of what Lamar Jackson and his people want. And they have a number in their heads that makes sense to them. You know, we don't know what the bridge is. We don't know what the gap is. And again, if this is, you know, a standard, like, bottom 10 quarterback deal, I think you do it. I think you're just, you're happy with it and you move on. Um, if the deal is more longstanding and more cap handicapping and more prohibitive in that regard, I think, you know, the point of my article was, you know, where where is that particular inflection point where it now becomes, well, you know, wh- what's the number? What's the number at which you start to discuss? At that number, is this still our guy? And that that we don't know yet. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's I, it's fair. And I guess right now, the only context I could give it is I would say that's that's the Patrick Mahomes number for me, right? Like, and 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 just about anything else within reason. I think, you know, that that's that you're doing it at that point. Doug, I, I guess one more on this topic, and then I just want to get your take on a couple things before we let you go. Um, you say there could be an inflection point and it's copycat league and all of those things, but will the, will the Players Association allow for that to happen? Like, if, if teams start to try to manipulate this thing with quarterbacks, doesn't the union somehow step in and say, uh-uh, we're not doing this, you're not limiting what a quarterback can get, you're not colluding – to prevent, to try to keep quarterback contracts down. Um, isn't there something that happens at some point if this does become something teams attempt to start doing? I don't know if the NFLPA can do anything about it, per se. They'd have to prove collusion. Um, and proving collusion, is a, that's a very tough go at any point. Um, and I think the quarterback, to a, a far greater degree, will decide his own market. And... In Lamar's case, he's you know he's established a very high market for himself. And again, as I wrote in the piece, the the ability to go full metal money ball with your quarterback and say, okay, this guy has hit his ceiling, we're going to move on. 
the kind of Darnold thing. Or in, a, in an even less spectacular example, the Mitchell Trubisky thing. We're just like, yeah, we're moving on. Um, you still have to have a coaching staff entrenched enough to get away with it if it doesn't work. And, you know, just God help you if that guy goes somewhere else and is better. So I think for most quarterbacks, this isn't going to be a problem. You know, the Seahawks were never going to just say, hey, heck with it. We're going to move on from Russell Wilson, even though they value their quarterback in a, you know, a rep and production sense less than other teams do. Um, so the quarterback can, set, can still set his own market to a predominant degree. I don't, I don't think of this as collusion. I think of it as these teams are all looking for different schematic and philosophical advantages over their opponents. Is this an advantage? Is this something that could extend your rookie quarterback financial window for another four or five years? I think it's that's something teams are discussing. Whether Lamar Jackson is the, the first huge example of it, I have no idea. I just I think at this point it's an interesting discussion to have. All right, uh, Doug Farrar. Before the Ravens currently hold twenty-seven and thirty-one in the first round, and then in a bunch of picks later on, they have huge needs at tackle. Obviously, they don't have a right tackle right now, and I don't believe for even a second that Alejandro Villanueva is either the answer or do they actually think he's the answer at right tackle. Um, they have a huge need at edge rush. They have a huge need at wide receiver. I, what can they do? What's their best bet? using those 27th to 31st picks. Are there going to be players that are real helps right then? Do they need to try to be aggressive and move up to make sure that they address these needs as they want to try to win a Super Bowl this season? I think at 27 and 31, you're going to have some really interesting guys. Like the edge rusher thing, it's not there – is, there isn't a guy who I think is a top 10 talent. I think this could be um, a draft where there isn't a defensive player taken in the top 10 at all. Uh, it's just so front-loaded on offense. But a lot of really interesting – you know, Quiddy Pay and Jason Owen and all these different edge rushers who Gregory Rousseau from Miami, who I like a lot more than some people, I think he would be an ideal Matthew Judon replacement. Um, they're going to be able to get those guys. Kevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, who some people are higher on than I am, um, has played right tackle. I think he may have to kick inside the guard uh, for a number of reasons. But the Ravens, you know, they run more gap and more power than any team in the league. Jenkins might be ideal as an Orlando Brown replacement because when you looked at Orlando Brown coming out of college, there are questions about his movement skills and how agile is he going to be. Sure. And he goes and fills in for Ronnie Stanley last year and like gives up one sack. Yep. I mean, he's given up no sacks at, at, at left tackle in his entire career in 840 reps. So, you know, they're going to be the, the good thing about their specific needs and, you know, receiver Rashad Baton from Minnesota is very interesting unless they want to move guy like Rondale Moore or Elijah Moore, and, and either or both could be there. But the, the good thing for the Ravens at 27 and 31 is their, the, their most predominant needs can be ably filled in the bottom half of the second run without having to be aggressive, unless they have one guy like, hey, if we move up and get Micah Parsons our whole defense is going to just, you know, demolish everybody. And I'm listening. If they have right? that guy in mind, that's yeah. a whole different deal. I, and I'm and, and Doug, I'm listening to that, right? Like I, I think that's that's where they are in trying to get past the Chiefs, right? Like or in trying to even right now get past the Bills. Like they, I think they still need special. I I don't think they're a, you know, a, a piece away, a, a Matt Judon replacement away from being able to beat those teams. I think they need a wrecker on 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 one side of the ball or either in order to have a chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, they brought in Queen. Queen's been good. 
they could use more space and move players. Uh, they blitz more than any team. So you want your linebackers to be able to, to cover, to be half-field coverage guys. Your safeties had better be on point. That, that could be a need as well. And there's some really interesting sort of slot to safety prospects projected in the second and third round. Uh, Javon Holland from Oregon, I love. He'd be an ideal fit mm. because mm. He, can, he can play slot and then he can just, you know, go up and, and be your top hat in the deep third. Uh, there are four or five guys like that. Um, you could bring in Andre Cisco from Syracuse, who gives up as many touchdowns he does, as he does interceptions, and you can hang out with Marcus Peters, and they can do that together. Um, there's all kinds of stuff they can do. Uh, so, yeah, the the point is, I think the Ravens, if they want to stay at 27 and 31, they're in good shape. If they want to go up and get a table setter, a field tilter, that, that franchise-defining guy, they've also got the capital to do that. I mean, that's what the Orlando Brown trade does. Um, and it, you know, obviously the guy wanted to be traded for whatever reason. I'm a left tackle. I want this. I want that. Right. And now that's the Chiefs issue. Um, but it does, it does allow them to refill those particular positional coffers uh, at positions where, like I said, the these aren't positions where you're going to have a like an automatic top ten guy. Um, you know, at right tackle, obviously, Sewell and, and Slater and, and maybe Darisaw, if you like him that much, are, are top 12, 15 guys. Um, but they can fill those positions. If they want to stay put, they can they can fill two of those positions, and then you get later in the draft, and, and they can, you know, mess with the other stuff. But I think they're in a good place if they want to stay put. And then it's just a matter of, do they have one guy where they think, hey, if we move up and get aggressive, competing with the Chiefs and the Bills, as you suggested – you know, let, let's go over broke and do that. Uh, at, they're, they're, in a good, they're in a good position either way after that Brown trade. At NFL underscore Doug Farrar is how you follow him. Of course, usatoday.com. Doug, what else can I plug for you, sir? Uh, Mark Schofield and I have our top 11 uh, draft prospects at every position. We've got our top 50. Mark's got a mock-up uh, this morning. I'm looking on the, uh, the riskiest boom and bust players in the draft, which will go up tomorrow, and yeah, we're just we're rolling and tumbling and four days away. Draft week, man. Doug, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Appreciate you as always, and uh, and we'll look forward to doing this again here really soon, all right? I appreciate you guys not attacking me. We had a reasonable discussion. I, I like to hope. I, I've tried my <laughs> damnedest to not be that guy that just flails and screams, and, and sometimes I do it just to myself. But, no, I've always attempted to be that guy and just have a reasonable conversation about these things. And I, I appreciate that you knew that well enough that you're willing to come chat with us, man. Really appreciate oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. All right, Doug. We'll Good talk stuff, to you guys. soon. Thank you. See you, bud. Doug Farrar from uh, USA Today checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing it. Look, I – we're going to talk more about it. We need to grab a break. Let's do that. Let's grab a break. We'll come back in. We'll talk more about it. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for every 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windonation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, look, I, I think ultimately. What was written versus what was said when it comes to Doug Farrar and his take on this Lamar Jackson thing, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem inherently with saying if Lamar Jackson's camp is saying it's going to be the Mahomes deal or nothing for us, 
well, then I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the idea that you're just not doing that. But I don't, I've never, never gotten the sense that was the way this was going to go. They're, of course they're going to act. As I said when the Mahomes deal went down, it's easy for us to say, well, everybody knows there's only one Pat Mahomes. That doesn't mean that you're not going to attempt to go there. But when you do that, you got to figure out if there's another team that's out there that's willing to give you that contract. That's the sort of dirty little secret about all of this, is that, yes, you're negotiating with the Ravens because it's the only team that you can negotiate with. But you got to find out. If what you're asking for is a Patrick Mahomes deal and saying, well, if you're not giving it to us, we'll just walk away. Well, one, you're running the risk of that being seven years down the road and what all could happen because the Ravens do have the option of, of tagging you two times and getting seven years out of this and then moving on from there. And if at any point you get hurt, that could be very detrimental to you. But the bigger issue is, let's just say they do let you walk. Is there somebody out there that's willing to give you the Patrick Mahomes deal? I would be stunned if that were the case. Not because I don't think the teams don't like Lamar Jackson or there aren't other teams that wouldn't covet him should he be available, but because it's pretty clear that's not the quarterback market at this point. That's the Patrick Mahomes market. So yes, of course, you go into negotiations and say, well, that's the number. That's what that's what the last quarterback. That's what the you know, we're an M- we're, we were unanimous MVP. That's what this guy got. That's what we want. But then you go figure out what's reality from there. And you look at the numbers that Deshaun Watson got before obviously mm-hmm. we knew about all the other stuff. And you look at the numbers that Dak Prescott got. And I about 40 to 45 million a year. And you sort of but in in much shorter time for four frames. years. Which is, and you say that's probably the guiding light for how you get this done with Lamar Jackson, the most likely scenario. And if that's the case, you do it, and you understand you're gonna have to draft better starting now. Not once the contract kicks in. One of the problems related to the you know the comparison to Joe Flacco that we again like to ignore because it's just easier to say the problem was Joe Flacco is that the drafting issues started in 2009 for the Baltimore Ravens. And there was only one year in there where they actually hit in the first and second round. Every other year, they failed miserably. Or maybe not miserably. That might be unfair. They, some of them, they failed miserably. Others just became guys. Mm-hmm. Paul Kruger was a guy. He Tim eventually Jernigan. was, you know, well, no, Tim Jernigan was not. He was At later. Times. He was later oh, in this okay. process. Um. I'm talking about that 09, that that range between 09 and and 13. Those drafts produced the likes of Michael Orr, who was fine as a right tackle, completely incapable of playing left tackle, fine as a right tackle, but nothing more than that. That's what you got for your first round pick that you traded up to get. Paul Kruger, who was fine in the final year of his contract, mm-hmm. and nothing more than that. Sergio Kendall, who obviously was an abomination. Terrence Cody. Terrence Cody, who was mostly an abomination, had a couple of moments where he was semi-helpful, but for the most Mm -hmm. part, a wasted pick. Courtney Upshaw, who was mostly a wasted pick. Kelechi Osemele, who played... Probably the best of the group. Of the group. You can argue he's definitely the best of the group, but he was never a... He's a Pro Bowl caliber at points. 
Um, with the, the Ravens in particular. Yeah, he's probably I mean, his best with, with Baltimore. I don't doubt that, right. that he was his best with Baltimore. I would and struggle. it looked like he was on a track of being that sort of guy. Yeah, and maybe. Then, you know, maybe. just didn't end up being that. Uh, Matty Lum and Arthur Brown, who were Both utterly and completely wasted picks. Oh, did he make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, it came a little short. Oh. Just a little bit short. That's the range. It's not after you give your quarterback the money. It's knowing those players need to be ready to be stars when you give your quarterback the money. Now, you have to draft those guys. And I'm not discounting, like, Patrick Queen might prove to be that guy. So far, he's been pretty good. You know, like, we, we're, we're happy with Patrick Queen. He's not a rock star. We didn't come away from his rookie season no. feeling like he was Darius Leonard. But, you know, we think he's a good football player, and we're happy to have him. J.K. Dobbins, a lot of it based on what we thought of him before the draft. They both We've, showed signs of good stuff, but both still have areas they need to grow in. And and Dobbins more than Queen. I think like, Queen needs to get better in I think, coverage. I think he needs to get better, but I think did, Queen proved I to be it. a really solid football player. Dobbins was a guy that had a couple of splashes and had some... some, well, some Queen left a lot to be desired in the coverage department, in, in my the, opinion. Specifically in the coverage right. department, I don't necessarily disagree with and that. I think Dobbins in the pass-catching and well, blocking I mean, department, right? Like in the those, pass game, those are those, two pretty huge right. areas. Sure. I mean, those are two pretty well, huge all areas. All of them are huge areas. <laughs> well, fair. I mean, that's not, that's not unfair. They have to hit. And when I say hit, it's not... They have to find a guy. They are not missing Paul Kruger. They're not missing a Matt Judon replacement. They are, but they could use one the, also. They, right? they, like, they, that's what I'm, they, the problem being, they need a Matt Judon replacement, but they're not a Matt Judon replacement away from being able to beat Kansas City. They couldn't beat Kansas City when they had Matt Judon. They need better than that. We're, we're shooting. We're aiming low. They can't aim low to beat the Chiefs. I mean, unless Pat Mahomes gets hurt. That was my question for you today at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter was I wanted to know your thoughts on the roster at this point. Not really about the trade, but your thoughts on the roster after the trade. That's what I wanted to know. And I've got a bunch of different responses. John from Little Rock, I feel pretty good but anxious to see how things play out on the offensive line. I like the draft capital they have now to do more things to enhance the roster. It's hard to get a true feel on the roster until after the draft. I think the draft capital feels incomplete still. Right, I, like, that's where I am. Like there's a glaring hole in the second round, right? Like they're not going to be picking again after 31 until 94 or whatever. And, like, and again, if both or, the first round picks hit, of course, you know what I mean. But and, I can't shake that they that they want to trade back in one of those picks. Oh, I absolutely. That's part of the problem I have is that they think the answer is acquire more picks, and I do well, not. Well, if you're believe able that. to get the 38, right? Like if you're going, if you're if you're only. If it's only about a team saying we want the fifth year for whoever it is they're drafting, right? And like, and we want to move up from the early second to the thirty-first pick. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. Short of a drop-off, I'm okay with. But when you're talking about, I you know, if I you're going back to the fifties, I don't understand the point of the trade in the first place. Well, I, well, because it's what you could get one, and you end up getting you do get a third, a fourth-round pick out of the deal that you wouldn't have I had in the compensatory situation. Even still, like, right? Like, I and and you're getting something else in that trade-off too. But even I still would say, right? Like, I am, I, I like that they got another pick in the first round, of course, right? Like, I would have been happy if they had gotten an early second round pick for just Orlando Brown, right? Like, but I do think that while I want to believe that there's 
two solutions just waiting at 27 and 31 that are plug and play and going to be solving issues for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it still feels a little precarious. No, of course it feels precarious. I don't disagree with the idea that it's precarious. Um, the other thing I would say is when you say you're anxious to see how things play out on the offensive line, I can't say this enough. Uh, this notion that was put out there by Jamison Hensley, that the Ravens think they have their answer in Alejandro Villanueva, and this isn't a knock on Jamison Hensley in any way. This is one of two things. Either I think they're drastically wrong, or what I really think is they know that's not the case, but want people to believe that they think that's the case going into the draft. That they want it to be out there. Well, we don't need it. We don't need a right tackle. We got it. We got a guy. He's just going to sign with us on May third. It's Alejandro Villanueva. I don't believe they actually think that, because there's no reason to think that. We talked about this with Matt Williamson last week. We're talking about a declining player who's never been a good run blocker mm-hmm. and has never played right tackle. To think that's your answer at right tackle, even in the short term, not even like. Well, he's not going to be around for three years. Even in the short term, I don't believe that. Now, I do believe it's possible they think that he is an insurance policy for Ronnie Stanley if Ronnie Stanley's not ready for the start of the season. That the scenario that we talked about where, hey, you keep Orlando Brown around because you might also need somebody to play left tackle if Ronnie Stanley's not ready, well, this helps them address that. If you need a tackle in a pinch and he's in the, during the regular season, sure, he's good depth to have. There's, right? like, there's, there's that, but I think it's more specific than that. Right, like I think that they target someone because there is a real potential for need, and this could be someone that could fill that need. You needed to have a backup plan for Ronnie Stanley. That's what Orlando Orlando Brown was your backup plan if Ronnie Stanley wasn't ready to start the season. I think Alejandro Villanueva is your backup plan now, but you still have to address right tackle. Now they're bringing in Dennis Kelly as well. Sure. I'm far more inclined to of listen to the, the idea. Love that child of Charlie and Dennis. I, I, I reference I reference that on Twitter over the weekend. Um, I am I am far more inclined to believe that that could be a short-term answer. Again, short-term. But it could be based on the fact that, you know, like he is a right tackle and played for a team that ran the ball a lot and is not was not graded particularly well but could perhaps just get you through to whenever you get your long-term answer if you don't find it in the draft this year. If you don't get Taven Jenkins in the first round or whoever it's going to be, that Dennis Kelly could be the bridge for you. Say, can we survive this season with Dennis Kelly playing a right tackle until we identify whoever our right tackle is going to be long-term? I am far more reticent to believe that to be the case than Alejandro Villanueva. I don't believe that for even a split second. I think that's the height of posturing, of... Hey, we got this guy in for a visit. You know we like him. We've got our answer. Believe us, guys, we're not in the right tackle market. We don't need a right tackle. Don't think that whatsoever. I think that's the height of posturing when it comes to Villanueva. From Randy, the roster is either even or worse than the end of last year right now, which means the improvement needed to compete with Kansas City and Buffalo will need to come from the draft, individual progression, and injury luck. From Lou, I'm reserving judgment until after the draft. From Dave, about the same they're a good team, will win 10 to 11 games, quick out in the playoffs until I see different. That's the profile of this team. Not a negative. Most fans of most teams would be thrilled. I'll get to some more of your responses. Continue to get them into me at Glenn Clark Radio. My column is up at PressBoxOnline.com detailing what I think in my, the fallout of the Orlando Brown trade, where they are as a roster, and what they need to do during the course of the draft. 
Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, 410-401-9797, or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule and getting ready for the draft, but an opportunity to, uh, to take a look or get to know one of the prospects that could be in play for the Baltimore Ravens. Chat with Rondale Moore from Purdue right now here on GCR. We are only a couple of days away from the NFL draft. The Baltimore Ravens now holding two picks at the end of the first round. And uh, one name that has come up a lot in conversation with the Baltimore Ravens is our next guest. He's a wide receiver from Purdue. It's a pleasure for us to welcome Rondale Moore to the program. Rondale, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, dude. Can you, can you just give me an idea before we, we get more into you with the player? Like, what, what life is like for you now, knowing you're only a couple of days away from your life changing and, and just sort of how crazy this is right now? Yeah, I think right now the process is a little crazy and just my day-to-day schedule is a, obviously a little thrown off. But as far as just, you know, daily living, man, that much hasn't changed. I haven't uh, changed, I guess, where I hang around. And, you know, I still do the same stuff I've I've been doing my whole life. So, uh, you know, being back home hasn't changed a lot and pretty normal, honestly. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. It's cool that it's pretty normal. And obviously it's, it's about to be completely different. Uh, however, this goes, Hey, you know, the, the term that jumped off the page as I was studying up on you the last, the last couple of weeks, Rondale was the term football junkie, which is how Purdue described you. Can, can you tell me more about, you know, where that came from for you, how you became a football junkie, when did you fall in love with this game? I really fell in love with the game around nine years old when I first got into tackle, but uh, when I came to, I guess, the realization that, you know, I, I did have an opportunity to maybe go play in the NFL one day, I was probably freshman in college, but uh, my studying habits kind of picked up when I was a junior in high school, I got a chance to meet a guy named Andrew Coverdale, who was the offensive coordinator, the school I transferred to at the time. And, and that's the person who kind of taught me how to study um, and the importance. And I got to actually see the results when I got on the field and everything slowed down for me. So I figured if I could learn as much as I could um, and the game basically move in slow motion, I felt like I would be able to thrive at a high level. So, so what does that mean? Like how much, how much time do you spend, you know, not just maybe on a field or in a, a gym, but but thinking, living, breathing football in the span of a week? Uh, a few hours a day. Uh, really just depends, and it, it varies. Like, it could simply be watching one-on-ones of myself, watching game tape, watching practice, watching other receivers, uh, watching other offenses and things like that. So uh, that's kind of um, how I go about, you know, just learning and, and figuring out new stuff that you know that'll be beneficial for me as a player are you the type that like stutter studies what other teams are doing or is it is it just your own playbook and and what your responsibilities are, are you just trying to learn more about other concepts and and things that are happening within the game yeah um i mean when i was at my time at purdue i would like frequently every single game that was on i would you know try to cut it on and, and watch a few series just so we could steal some plays and i you know, could present some ideas to Brown, my receiver coach, and we throw it in our play- playbook that week. Um, so for me, it was just watching everyone and, and what they do and how they do it. You know, I think on a larger scale of things, a lot of people do things similarly, but 
depending on the scheme, depending on where you line guys up, who's eligible, who's not, um, what this guy does, what he doesn't. So figuring out unique ways to run, you know, the same place. That's cool, man. That's cool. Have have you <clears throat> you haven't perhaps been intrigued maybe in in like some of the things you've ever seen from. I don't know, Lamar Jackson or like a, a Baltimore Ravens kind of crazy run-heavy offense is a little bit different than anything else ever anybody else is doing. Not, not just, you know, just spitball and throwing something out there. Uh, I, I haven't actually oh. played. Oh, oh <laughs> man. Oh, I tried. I tried. I tried to go that route. Rondale Moore is with us from Purdue. He's here on, on GCR. Rondell, you know, I, it, so many people make the comp to you with Tyreek Hill, and you know, it's a good comp to have because Tyreek Hill's, you know, one of the most unique players in the history of the game of football. But you know, how much do you feel that's what you have to offer? That 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 your almost chameleon-like way to line up and do so many different things truly does stand out and makes you a, a more fascinating prospect or an interesting prospect than maybe some of the other guys in this draft. Yeah, I definitely think that does separate me um, from other guys. And um, honestly, just the learning curve and understanding what's going on and being able to actually go play outside and play inside and, you know, be dynamic in the return game and things like that. So I think that definitely does separate me. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to go do all the above um, at the next level. How much, you know, pushback have you been dealing with, you know, as you've gone through this process? I can only imagine how many times you've been asked about, you know, only being able to be on the field for seven games the last two seasons. And, you know, I, I don't know that that you ever, you know, there's an easy answer or there's an easy way to dismiss it. But how much have you dealt with that? And what is it that you say when you get those questions? I'll just be totally transparent about it, obviously, with the unprecedented times with COVID uh, and me specifically being in the Big Ten. Um I mean, we played six total games. I missed three at the beginning of the year, and obviously 19, I had a hamstring injury. So uh, that, that's, I mean, that's really what happened, and I just tell them the truth. But um, honestly, man, I think my best football is ahead of me, and I've learned so much and, and realized the importance of uh, mobility and taking care of myself day-to-day to just make sure, you know, I am available when my name is called. Oh, no doubt. And obviously, you know, there's plenty of, of tape and production that we have been able to see and just how good you are. Uh, Rondale, you know, as, as we project, right, and obviously I, I, I alluded to the fact we're here in Baltimore and we're interested. Um, the idea would be that the, the Ravens like to put together a team with speed. That's just speed everywhere. And they've got Lamar Jackson. They've got Hollywood Brown. I know that you're intrigued by everyone and there's no favorite team and there's nobody that you're thinking more about right now because there's 32 teams that might be your favorite team here in a second. But in a in a vacuum, are you intrigued by the idea of being somewhere where there's you know the fastest quarterback perhaps in the history of football lining up under center? Yeah, no doubt. That would definitely be uh, cool and I mean, I guess you could say intriguing. I think Lamar Jackson is an interesting guy uh, on the football field. He has, you know, the rare ability to extend plays with his legs and, um, you know, causes teams to load the box simply because, you know, the plays he can make with his legs. So surrounded with some great weapons, I think, you know, they've got a great uh, thing going over there. I mean, I appreciate that, and then we'll handle that. We'll move forward. Let's talk more about you, Rondale Moore. What do we need to know about you, man? But Is there anything, you know, when we hear football junkie, what – what else are you into? Is it just football constantly for you? Do you allow yourself some time to like, you know, play some video games, anything like that in your life? Yeah, that's a, another hobby of mine, uh, honestly. And and video games is probably the 
the second most thing I give my okay. time to. <laughs> so what's the game of choice then? Uh, two really, two K and Call of Duty. All right, it, so uh, split time. all right, so everybody's playing like the, the the Ravens locker room. It's all anybody did during the pandemic. That's the the way they were able to get together and they weren't hanging out. We just play Call of Duty. Uh, you have to answer honestly. Most consecutive hours you've ever played Call of Duty uh, at any point, and and please be Ooh. honest about it. What's the largest number? Oh uh, man, I mean, they say about seven hours. Okay, that's pretty healthy. <laughs> um, that's a that's a heck of a night to be sitting down and playing Call of Duty. Uh, now let's go the other way with two K. Um, what who do you normally play as when you play two K? Uh, so I play in the park. So I created a player, and uh, we'll play threes or go to the wreck. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's a little right. bit different. Is 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 it yourself that you created? It is, and it's crazy. There's like a scan. There's a face scan on there that I use, so it actually looks like me. Too. Wow, that's wild, dude. <laughs> that's really cool. Okay, now hang on. This is the important question. You, did did what? What was the height that you set yourself as in <laughs> in two K? <laughs> uh, my player is actually a, a power forward. He's like six, eight, <laughs> six, seven, six, seven, six, seven. So a little bit different, like a little bit different than you in that way. Not, you know, not nothing, not, not saying there's anything wrong with being your height, but just, you know, for basketball reasons, a power forward probably wouldn't work at your own. I'm, I, I'm assuming you played basketball at some point, right? I did. And, and you probably weren't playing power forward when you were playing, correct? <laughs> right. Uh, can I assume maybe like a, a, a one, were you a point guard? So crazy enough, um... My I, I was a power forward on the game, but um, I mean, everyone basically has. I think I had like 87 handle on the game. Everybody gets contact dunks. Uh, when you make him a power forward, you get more defensive badges. But I mean, he can he's six seven, and I do bring the ball up the court. So I guess you could say I'm a one uh, on the game. Oh no, I meant like when you would play basketball as a, like oh. yourself. Were you a point guard? Yes, sir. That's that makes that makes sense to me. All of that makes sense to me, man. Rondale Moore with us from Purdue. Um, Rondale, for for those that that are still, mm, let's let's try it this way. If if people say, "Hey, I really like Rondale Moore as a player, but I'm not exactly sure how to define what it is that he does at the next level," what would you say to that? Uh, go turn on the tape. I think it speaks for itself. Uh, I played receiver. I caught the ball at an extremely high level. I won um, in a you know number of ways, uh, and you know I think it's it's a lot more simple than um, it sounds. But when you cut on the tape, I think it speaks for itself. And you know I'm a receiver, so. Uh, I guess that's how we use at the next level. I mean, I, I get, I get what you're trying to. I, I know what you're saying, and I, and I, and I hope that it doesn't come off. I know you're a receiver. I promise, I know that. I hope that didn't come off offensive. I think people are. Everybody likes to pigeonhole the idea of somebody being like an outside guy, a slot guy, and and I think the the, the reality is you don't necessarily fit into one particular thing. That that's just what you do, right? Right. And I think that's what we're talking about. Rondale Moore, uh, just another minute or two here on GCR as we get ready for the draft. What's the first thing you're going to do, Rondale? You get your first, you get your first pro check. Where's it going? Uh, I think my first purchase will be uh, my mother's home. So whenever she figures out her dream home, that'll be my focus. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's something you've always dreamed of doing. Yes, sir. What? Why does your mom mean that much to you? Oh. Uh, 
um, that's just been my rock growing up, uh, the biggest supporter um, in my corner. And, you know, I think, you know, she does deserve it. And obviously I can't uh, repay her for everything she's done for me. But uh, this will be a small piece of, um, I guess, just showing my gratitude towards her and everything she's been through and uh, just, you know, taking care of me as I, I grew up. That's awesome, man. That's an awesome thing to hear you say. It's an incredible thing that you're going to have the opportunity to do. All right, Rondale, what can we plug for you, social media-wise? Where can people be giving you a follow in these last couple of days before the draft? Uh, anything. I mean, I've I've got both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and act like I sit on them all day, but Instagram, Twitter, either one. <laughs> Give them a follow there. It's and, and let me just make sure I have the handles right on, on Twitter. People can follow you at more underscore Rondale, correct? Right. And then on Instagram, it's Rondale underscore more. So just flip it and reverse it, as Missy Elliott once said. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Rondale right. underscore more on Instagram. Give him a follow there. Rondale, really, uh, you know, you're a fascinating dude, a fascinating player. Can't wait to see how this plays out for you, man. It'd be really cool if it ends up being Baltimore. If it ends up being Pittsburgh, we just ask, please don't be offended by the things we say about you on Twitter. We promise it's not personal, all right? It's... No worries. Hey, man. Rondale, thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Enjoy this week, dude. No doubt. Thank you, man. Take care. Rondale Moore from Purdue, getting ready for the start of the NFL draft. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Intriguing. He's, he's intriguing. He's an unbelievably intriguing prospect. We're, he doesn't fit the exact mold of what we think the Ravens should be looking for at wide receiver. But again, we don't know what the Ravens exactly think. Exactly right. I think that what somebody would say is, well, if they weren't willing to use Hollywood Brown. Yeah, neither did Hollywood Brown, ways, by the way. Exactly right. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps exactly the guy that they're looking for. Maybe not the guy that's at the top of my list because I think that they should be looking for more of the traditional outside. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even, I'm not even saying number one. Who made the comparison recently to like finding a re- more of a reliable get open, catch the football guy? Uh, Derek Mason, Anquan mm-hmm. Bolden type. Somebody was talking about that recently. I'm like, I don't I'd need be, to separate necessarily. I'd be fine with one of those guys right now. I think it was Charles Davis, wasn't it? Might have been Charles Davis. That sounds that sounds like something that Charles Davis would have said. Um, but outside is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking an outside receiver is more of what the Ravens need, and I don't know that Rondale Moore completely fits that. Not saying he can't play outside. He can. We'll see. He's he's yeah, a, if he's Tyree Kill. Sure, go get him. Exactly right. That guy's okay at football. At football, he's okay. Today's show also brought to you by, this one's brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, where they're celebrating their 25th anniversary with an incredible menu featuring the unbelievable smoky thigh wings as well as the double bacon and cheddar burger, the turtle cheesecake, plus they've got the strip steak sandwich, Barbecue chicken bowl with ancient green grains. They're all there available for you right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com. We're going to take a break from football conversation here for a second because we got a fascinating guest joining us next. Local kid, not a kid anymore, he's 29. He's headed to the Olympics for the first time. He's wrestler Johnny Stefanowitz, and he joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling with Great Ace Memorabilia. Want to invite you out to Looney's Pub Perry Hall on Thursday, April 29th from 7 till 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gustav Bus Edwards, and this is a free, family-friendly event, good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Ace Memorabilia. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Continue to get me your responses for our think tank at Glenn Clark Radio. We are discussing where the Ravens roster is after the Orlando Brown trade. And again, you can find my column breaking down the impact of the trade, but really more about what now it means for the Baltimore Ravens in terms of their roster, what they should do in the draft. You can find that right now at PressBoxOnline.com. It is up for you to read it right there again at PressBoxOnline.com. And again, talking about the draft as we've been doing all morning, don't forget Project Game Day, Thursday and Friday of this week. Thursday with myself, KZ, and Jeremy Kahn. Friday, it'll be myself, KZ, and Kyle Ottenheimer for Project Game Day. Hope that you are tuned in both nights. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. 
easy for me to say. I talk for a living. As well as PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for our Project Game Day draft special Thursday and Friday night. We will take a quick break from football talk this morning to discuss or to get to know someone whose story is unbelievably fascinating. Um, This man's from Southern York County, but by way of our area, and I'm going to let him explain that more because I actually don't know all the details of, of him wrestling in Hartford County and in Baltimore over the years. Joining us now is a man who just qualified for his first ever Olympics and did not take the path that most people take to becoming an Olympic wrestler. It's a pleasure to welcome into the program Johnny Stefanowitz, who joins us now here on GCR. Johnny, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning, and congratulations on being an Olympian. No, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Absolutely, man. It's an honor to chat with you, and, of course, thank you for your service as well. Johnny, I, I, I don't even know where to start because there's so much here that I want to talk to you about. But I guess for those in, in this area, can you take us through your background um, growing up in, in your county and, and our neck of the woods, how you got involved in Hartford County and in Baltimore as a wrestler? Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was born in Baltimore, and uh, you know, most of my my primitive years I spent in um, in Bel Air and in Dundalk uh, until about the seventh grade. Um, so I'm still um, proud proud of being from Baltimore. And Good, because we, we were going to claim it. We were going to claim it either way, but now I feel even better about claiming. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm born. I was born and raised mostly in Baltimore, so um, I still claim that uh, most people just recognize me from wrestling PA. But uh, no, I got started. My mom and uncle. Uh, got me started in wrestling at a young age and I started over in Bel Air um, at about four years old started wrestling there and uh, one thing led to another over the years and that was the one thing I always stuck to so okay so at some point this is the part that that I'm I'm confused by you were not like the hyped high school wrestler that even your brother was did did you did you continue to think that like the Olympics were possible or was that just like an utterly nonsensical thing for you to consider and, and wrestling was more of just like something that you were doing for fun? No, I mean, I th- I more of uh, more of which thought that it was, it was a duty of mine. It was something that I'd love to do, but it was always something that I could turn to. No matter what else I did, it never seemed to be harder than wrestling. It was always my outlet of, of stress, my outlet when something was going wrong, and it was always something I could challenge myself with. And, um, you know, growing up and saying, I'm going to be an Olympian, Everyone says it. Everyone wishes it. Uh, you know, someone with as much success as my brother, uh, it may seem more realistic. Um, but the thought of me, that expectation of being an Olympian, no, that was never there. It's always a dream, but that's why they call it a dream. You know, it's, you don't quite know how an Olympian acts and trains until you become one. It's, it's all a quest. I mean, I, and now you are one, so you're going to be able to answer that question for me the next time we talk. Uh, he's Johnny Stefanowitz. He's with us here on GCR. Johnny, but your path takes you to the Marines. Um, was that always a goal for you? Tell me about becoming a Marine. And, 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 boy, these are some pretty intense things to be doing simultaneously, both being a United States Marine and continuing to pursue, you know, lofty goals as, as a wrestler. No, I mean, I did not have, uh, did not have the goal or, uh, you know, the dreams of growing up and being a Marine. That was something that was an opportunity that, um, came upon me pretty much, and uh, I just knew right away that this is the path. This is what feels right. Uh, this is what seems right. I didn't have 
um, a single college offer, uh, you know, academically or physically, uh, you know, for sports. But hang on, I think that's way. significant, Johnny. Like, I, and again, I'm, as a dumb guy who, do, who talks more about football than he does wrestling, you didn't have a single college offer, and yet here you are now as an Olympic wrestler. That that seems rare, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, growing up, we all like when we when something happens and we get shot down, we all like to stick it to the man, and <laughs> that was just something that I I really held on to. Um, you know, everyone has a, a piece of something that's a chip on their shoulder pretty much, and they use that as, as motivation all the time, no matter what, for everything. And for me, it was, I never, I mean, listen to some offer. I mean, I didn't even get a, a pamphlet. <laughs> like, look, look at it from that. I didn't get a pamphlet. I didn't even say, hey, come take a look. It was just, hey, I'm going to graduate high school, and that's it. Figure it out. Uh, you know, but every kid these days, at least they get something or, and, in some kind of way. I, I was not that. Um you know, so seeing these kids in college and things being handed out left and right, that's all. You know, it was great motivation for me to keep pushing forward. I mean, I gave up on the sport when I joined the Marine Corps. I didn't join the Marine Corps to wrestle. I, I joined the Marine Corps to be a Marine. And, you know, the day that the Corps comes by and says, hey, you, you time, your, your time with the team is up, then, and so be it. I'll give a couple of handshakes and a couple of salutes, and I'll move on, and I'll go do my duty. I, I love that. I love being a Marine, first and foremost. And, you know, that's, that's definitely been something that's helped me um, and I'd say it's helped all the all the members that are on the team right now. It helps us. It's that dedication to being a Marine first keeps that discipline in line, which is the cohesiveness between that and wrestling is bar none so, between being a Marine and being a wrestler. So let's talk a little bit about that. The all-Marine wrestling team, um, I, I think a lot of people on the outside would say, I don't even know what that is. What what, what does that mean, and, and what are you doing as part of the all-Marine wrestling team? I guess one how did it, how did it come about for you? What is it, and how does it coincide with your service as a Marine? Okay, um, well, I know the Army Wrestling Team started, uh, I'd say, 50, 60 years ago. Um, I believe it was with the AAU and stuff like that. But for me uh, personally, I, I joined. I had been uh, stationed in Twenty Nine Palms, and I was overseas. I was stationed in Japan. And there were a couple uh, open wrestling opportunities, you know, just like tournaments. And uh, I was taking part in them. I was pretty successful. I was winning a few of them here and there. And um, next thing you know, I had read a tournament and it said that the all wrestling team head coach was going to be there. And I, one, I didn't even know that there was such a thing. Right. Um, come, to, come to find out that service branches and, you know, amateur, the Ted Stevens amateur act and everything like that, pretty much all the services and Olympic sports, um, they coincide with each other. They work together and, the ability for service members to partake in Olympic sports is actually a huge deal. I didn't know that, um, you know, as a younger person, as a young Marine, but he came out there, um, saw me perform, asked me to fill out an application. I did. And that was really all she wrote. Um, you know, I had a couple years on the team, uh, here in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and then went back and fulfilled my duties as a Marine for a few more years before I was called back to the team upon request from them again. And I've been here ever since. So, so, and, and let me take a step further. You go, let's just say hypothetically, you go win a gold medal in Tokyo this summer. At some point, they could say, "Hey, cool, congratulations, Johnny." But um, yeah, we're gonna need you to stop wrestling now because we got to get you right back to serving the country. I've already got orders back. Uh, I think it's uh, the end of October. Wow. So, win or lose, I've already requested orders, so I'm gonna be going back to my unit. Wow. And where? And where we're is going that? Going back to a unit. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say, do you know where that would be? It would. I would actually. Uh, 
opportunity was open for a slot in a position here. Um, I work in the intelligence field for or the okay. intelligence community for the Marine Corps, and an open position was here at Camp Lejeune. So the, the grace part for me was that I wouldn't have to uproot the family and move after That's the awesome. Olympics and everything. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, I went through earlier this year uh, before the Olympics and before trials or anything like that, and uh, I put a request in to go back um, to a unit. And, you know, that's something I've, I've had a great time. I've, I've been able to fulfill my duties to the point, but at the end of the day, we're Marine wrestlers, Marine first, just like scholar athletes. Um, so if you could put that into a sense, but then take that mentality and, and add some steroids to it, that's the way in which we operate. <laughs> not, not literally, by the way. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Not literally adding steroids. Yes. Figuratively, yeah. Figuratively. We take, yeah, we get tested often. Oh, man. Johnny Stefanowitz is with us. Baltimore zone. He's headed to the Olympics. Um, Johnny, let me go back. Uh, that You doing this now with your brother and him qualifying as well, can you put into words what that means for you guys that you get to live out this moment together? No, that's something you can't put into words. Uh, I, I, I can't quantify this for someone to be able to understand what it's like to grow up uh, you know, brothers in the backyard wrestling and fighting over everything, having the same dream, and then it finally coming true. Uh, and and on top of that, we're in different styles. You know, he's a freestyler. I'm a Greco-Roman guy. Yep. Um, so for that to happen, I was actually trying to figure out the last time that there was a, a set of brothers that wrestling at Olympic trials together in, in different styles um, at, at the same time. And we were able to actually wrestle on the same mat we were able to wrestle at the same time on different mats, but in the same stage. And uh, that, that was pretty wild uh, for both of us. I, I have no idea what that was like for my mother. Um, but <laughs> both of her sons on mats next to each other wrestling at the Olympic team trials. Uh, you know, being able to get through all this COVID stuff and everything else and still be able to compete like this and qualify. Um, that, was, that was definitely a special moment. Are, are you guys planning to like spend your time together when you go over there, or, or or as competitors, can you can you not even think about like trying to hang out at all? Like you just got to be singularly focused on on trying to go win. No, you know we we have to be able to respect. You know, there's there's definitely boundaries and respect there. There's there's a reason why you get to where you're at, um, and that yep. comes with consistency and a schedule. Um, and as much as I would love to, we'll be able to spend time, you know, every time we try to do something together, uh, I'm actually heading out the nationals to support him. Uh, he's got nationals he's wrestling in this week um, in Iowa. So I'm going to go out there, uh, take some time and support him and support, support my teammates who are also going to be out there. But at, at the end of the day, uh, as hard as it is to say, you know, we have to be able to stick to each own's regiment and that's, that's what gets you to where you're at. So if we stray away from that too much, it would, it probably wouldn't be all that great. I understand that. I completely understand what you're saying. That's the way you you, you want to go win, right? Like, you're not there to just go have fun and get a trip. You're there to try to go win and to compete. I completely yeah. understand that. Is, is So, for those that don't know, Johnny's brother is Chance Marsteller. Is, is Chance from this area too, Johnny, or, or how did that work out with you guys growing up? No, so uh, Chance was mostly raised, and he spent – he definitely spent some years, but less years than I did, obviously, about, well, three and a half, four years less. Yeah. Um, um, so, but he did – spend a few years in, in Maryland before moving up, but, you know, we could hit a baseball in, into the Mason-Dixon line. Sure, from where you guys are in Pennsylvania. Work, I get that. You know, so, so uh, like, people in that area are typically, like, Orioles fans and Ravens fans, right, in Southern York County? Absolutely. That's what I thought. We have a couple outliers that, you know, defect to, to Philly and Pittsburgh, but 
they're not welcome. That's uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I thought that was largely Orioles and Ravens territory up that way. Um, Chance, so I, you know, one of the things you know, you mentioned the COVID thing, and there's still like rumors every day about. You know, are the Olympics even going to happen? How much, how much are you dealing with that? Are you like living and dying by it every day? And and how confident are you that you are headed to Tokyo? And I guess if you are, are you are you going to be able to bring anybody with you, or is that just not an option based on the way the world is right now? No, so I can't I can't go into every little detail um, because some of it would be speculation. But I do sit on uh, multiple boards for USA Wrestling, and I do sit on a, multiple boards for the United. States. States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And with that, uh, the thing that I we do know right now is, yes, the Olympics will be going on. There has been absolutely zero official talk on the Olympics not happening. Okay. But with that, we can't have any foreign spectators, and we are going to have a limited amount of um, delegation sizes compared to normal, right. which that is unfortunate. But we also need to understand the world in which we live in right now. No and doubt. This is the best that we can do. Yeah, I mean, we'd rather have an Olympics than not. You know, <laughs> you want to be able to go compete, and that's what's, what's going to make it happen. That's what you got to do. Um, well, you know, given that you're a man who's literally serving his country, have, have you, like, thought at all about what that moment would be like for you to stand on a podium holding a flag with, with an anthem playing? Like, have, have you, do you let yourself dream that way, or... You know, are, are you too pragmatic? Like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to bother thinking about that right now. I'm just going to go compete and see what happens. No, I think the, the pragmatic, the the ability to think small with everything and take it one step at a time. You know, just like I guess Harbaugh would say, you know, one game at a time. Even yeah. though we're supposed to go to the Super Bowl, you can dream about it or think about it, but just like in the big matches that got me to you know become an Olympian, it, I wasn't thinking about the outcome. I wasn't thinking about how this can affect my family and my kids and the, our future. It's Simple stuff. One, you know, one small piece of everything that you do at a time. When you master that, everything is compounded and built upon. But you can't think too big right now. And for me, I'm training. You know, I know how to train as an Olympian. Now I'm trying to figure out how to train as an Olympic gold medalist. I love that, man. That's, you know, that's that. a new one. So up, up, up until this point, I was trying to figure out how an Olympian train. But and I how, figured that out. Now we're, we're on to the next step. And, and what's, like, the story with what's been in the water for, like, local Olympic wrestlers in recent years? You know, Helen Maroulis, obviously, and Kyle Snyder, who's a monster. Like, how do you explain just how dominant this area has been in producing great wrestlers in recent years? Uh, I, I think that that's a great question that the experts out there are asking as well. But, you know, it's really it, – it comes down to, you know, practice partners. It comes down to passion. It comes down to a support system and community. And the amount of people in which you have, the more people you have to train with, the more people that you have involved, and it's going to grow. That, that's the way sports work. That's the way everything works. When someone's more involved and you have a community that backs you and is behind you, you're going to be more successful. I mean, that's, it's, it's been proven. It's been proven. It's been unbelievable watching how people compete. Johnny, before I let you go, give me somebody um, from our area. Give me someone who was significant in your path to getting to this point where now you're going to be wrestling in the Olympics? Oh, and just one? I mean, if you got uh, a couple, sure, by all means. You know, coaches, yeah. guys. I mean, like, uh, so my uh, my first coach, uh, Jay Allenby, he was a Bel Air coach. Yeah. Um, he was the first one that, that, that kept me going. Um, and Jerry Turner, he was my old football coach. Who was a, he was a, a police officer and uh, avid wrestler, and he, he helped me along the way, uh, even when it came down to, 
small mentoring. And I think that's what a, a lot of people, a lot of coaches and parents are, are overlooking is the, the ability for someone to be a mentor and how that, how that affects you. And, you know, it's more than just teaching technique or teaching a play um, or a move. It's how you can make that relatable to a child and to a person so that they can take it and carry it with them day in and day out. That's awesome, so, man. That is awesome. Johnny Stefanowicz. That makes a big difference. Dude, we're so happy for you. Like it, it, your story is unbelievable, man, and and we are going to be rooting like hell for you as you go over there. And more than that, we're just proud that you're one of ours, man. And um, everything that you've accomplished, it's it's really incredible to see what you've been able to do in your life so far, and knowing there's still a lot more for you to do, both as a wrestler and obviously serving our country. Um, what what can we plug for you for people to follow you like on social media on Twitter Instagram anything like that where can people be giving you a follow as you go through this? Uh, I mean I'm on I'm on Instagram um, and I'm on Facebook. I mean my Instagram handle is Rockman Actual. My nickname's Rockman. Oh cool. Uh, What's the story? Give me you, know, you got to give me a quick story. Oh God. Uh, well if you ever if you ever shook hands with me you know people make fun of how big my my palms and my hands are. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just something that that's come across. Uh, and it's just, it's an inside joke that the Marines gave me and I've taken it and run with it. I mean, I was, I was expecting you to say like, Hey, you see me if my, my take my shirt off. You're going to think that I'm a rock man. Like that's the way that it goes, but that one's pretty good too. Uh, Rockman underscore actual on Instagram is how you follow him. Uh, Johnny Stefanowitz, man, congratulations. Seriously. Thank you so much for doing this. We'd love to catch up with you after you get back from the games, dude, if that's all right. Absolutely, without a doubt. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Johnny Stefanowitz. Holy crap, man. That dude's unbelievable, right? Like, that's just unbelievable. The guy didn't have an offer to wrestle out of high school. He's an Olympian now. Pretty wild. Hey, chase your dreams, man. Don't give up. That is awesome. No, and he's a Marine, by the way, and he's, you know, overachiever imagine um, he talked about his family imagine when um, when his wife was telling her parents that, that uh, she was like well I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this guy and they're like ah, okay let's find out about this guy well he's a marine that might be an Olympic wrestler too they're like oh m- m- marry him now please rush rush Whew. awesome story awesome story appreciate Johnny Stefano what's taking the time for us this morning Today's program is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. You get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible when you call C3 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for free analysis. All right, so this Thursday night, as I keep telling you, we're going to be at Looney's Pub Perry Hall for a Great Eights memorabilia event with that's benefiting Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland featuring... Gus Edwards. Now, you got to pay for your meet and greet tickets with Gus Edwards because that's how we're raising the money for Meals on Wheels. So you got to go to grade8smemorabilia.com with the number 8, or you got to go to Mission Ticks, and you can save 8 bucks by using our code GLEN, G-L-E-N-N in all caps. I'm not sure how much our next guest is going to be charging for his pictures and autographs, um, but uh, after he had another great day on Saturday and betting, I imagine it, it, ain't, it can't come cheap. Jeremy Kahn, what's what's the cost? What's the freight if someone comes out the loonies uh, and wants to get a picture and an autograph from you on Thursday night? She paying people ten dollars to ask for my autograph. 
to make me feel better about myself. So um, officially, that's how it's going. Did it? By the way, just speaking of you know wins, losses. Did I tell you about the worst beat I've ever had? And that no. Happened last Monday night. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, I, I well, I don't know why I keep telling this story because it makes me sick to my stomach. But um, so on Monday night, I had an NBA lineup. Uh, unexpectedly, too, because like I put something together. Like I don't want to say it was last minute. I still do my research, but I'm going, man, I don't know how I feel about this slate because it all went to hell. Uh, two teams benched all their players, so now it's about finding the right value piece. So um, the Nuggets are playing the Grizzlies, and I'm looking at the lineups. There's about four minutes left to go in the Nuggets-Grizzlies game, and I, I was winning $100,000, and the only way I could lose and not win hundred k, the only way – is if that Nuggets-Grizzly game went into overtime. The Nuggets-Grizzlies game went into overtime. Uh, and it's still, like, they were up nine with four minutes left to go. They were up four with a minute left to go with the ball and had two empty possessions, meaning they didn't even get a shot off. Um, and the Nuggets hit every, Nuggets hit a three. Will Barton hits a three. Jokic hits a jump shot to tie it, and it's overtime. So nearing the end of the uh, overtime, uh, I'm winning twenty thousand, so it's a nice little consolation prize, right? Yeah, I was winning hundred k for going to overtime. I'm winning twenty k, no big deal. The only way I don't win twenty k is if it goes into double overtime. It went into double. Of course overtime. it did. Of course it went into double overtime. Can I say this? Because like I told you, I'm pretty numb to wins and losses. I still have not shook this yet. Like it's because I got my COVID vaccine. Remember, I went on the air with you guys. I had horrific side effects from my COVID vaccine and, and not to sway anybody from getting it. Like I, I was miserable for uh, almost like 36 hours. Like just, I started shaking. I couldn't get warm. I was having like muscle spasms in my back and my calves and um, like lightheaded. I'm going to need that to not happen to me. Cause I have to call the cross game like an hour after I get my it second won't, vaccine. It wouldn't hit you until like, Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank God. All right. Like I felt, I felt a little bit different, but it could have been like a mental thing. Like, oh, I've heard I'm going to get side effects. Am I feeling this? Or am I just tired? Am I being a bitch? I mean, it could be all those things. Combined, well, definitely I mean, the last. Yeah. One. Correct. Yeah. We, we think we. One hundred percent diagnosed. My doctor's like, huh? Yeah. Because here you're just being. It's, a bitch. it's weird. It's that Lizzo song. You're like, you're one hundred percent that bitch. Previously, <laughs> I previously checked the bitch box. No <laughs> question. Um, but no. So I ended up like essentially doubling my money from my entry. Maybe a little bit more than doubling it. But it's that was a ninety-eight thousand dollar loss from um, from if that game just doesn't go to overtime. That's all I need. Like I'm not. This isn't one of those ones where people are like, oh my god, I was so close to winning this. I was in first place, in first place, guaranteed to win a hundred thousand dollars if it doesn't go to overtime, and it went to double overtime to make matters you worse. Should. And uh, that's one that's just going to sit with me probably be forever. Probably thankful that your worst beat is doubling your yeah right. Your that's opposed it's to the, like it's losing the, your it's house. The, it's the most well, unhappy everyone anyone has ever been about doubling their yeah. money. Like, I mean, that's not that's not. I'm just talking about like look. I I've know, had I know, I've definitely had worse days. <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. And you lose you lose ninety eight thousand dollars or whatever. It's going to sting yeah. no matter what. There's no way of getting around that. All right, uh, let's talk about this. So the reason we do this this silly uh, Project Game Bay draft special, the purpose is that that people want to see, like we're 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 not really doing a show as much as we're kind of just like reacting as the draft is going on. Like we don't have mm-hmm. to be nearly as formal as when you would do these shows on radio. Um, we can goof around, we can be silly, and we can react. And the idea that people tend to enjoy is that something will make you lose your mind as the draft plays out. And that's when people really start to enjoy things, particularly since the Ravens draft late and we've been sitting around for hours waiting. Is there anything that could happen on Thursday night that would make you lose your mind, Jeremy Kahn? 
if Mac Jones get drafted third. Why? <laughs> Why? Because he, he's not – like, if you gave up three first-round picks to go get that corn-fed uh, – I mean, my body's better than his. Um, <laughs> I don't throw a ball as well as he does, but if you're Wait, drafting – Your body's still better than his after kickball the other night, though? Yes. All right. So right. The skin started peeling off my forehead, so maybe I'll only look like Gorbachev. By the way, I, I played – have you played on the new turf fields in Bel Air yet? No. Okay. I played on the new turf fields on Thursday night for the first time in a year and a half. I, I – my – I pulled my groin, I think, five minutes into playing kickball on Thursday night. Which is and, better than normal for you. Yeah, right? Yeah, normally it only <laughs> – right. correct. I am I, – I, it still hurts. I'm at that age now where, like, I pulled my groin on Thursday. I am still – Do you still, stretch? Do you stretch? Yes. I, do I stretch, Kyle? I have to or else I can't function now. <laughs> I still hurt five days later from, from playing kickball on Thursday you, night. Well, the funny thing for me was, so I made – like, uh, the wind was blowing in. Um, from from right field, I was playing center field, and as you always do, uh, I, I had a girl next to me that, and she was just playing really deep, and I kept telling everybody, "You can move in." And then some guy hits one to left field, and it just carries, and the wind must have died down at the right time. He hits a shot, and ends up hitting a home run. Not not a big deal, but it was the only ball that really advanced in the outfield from either team. Um, so of course, I see the ball like hit kind of like relatively short. So I'm like, "All right, I'm going to charge over behind second base and just get this." And it hits that, that wind gust and just dies like a falling quail. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I'm yelling, I got it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to lay out. So I did. I, like, I made an amazing diving catch. I pat myself on the back here. But the only way to put the ball away and show the ump that, that you I actually had caught it, right. of it was to just pin it to my chest. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that could land was my forehead. So I skinned up my forearm, my, my calf, you know, my shin, whatever you want to call it. And, and of course, my, my head. Um, but then later on in the game, it's how competitive. It's kickball, and I'm such a jackass. But this is the when, problem that I have, by the way. I can't, I can't be like you when I play kickball. I can't, like people talk about, like what? Why didn't you slide there? I'd be like, because this is kickball that we're playing, uh, and I don't want to rip up my body playing. It's enough that I pulled my groin the other night. No, it's like I, that's the only way I can play. Like this, uh, I was joking on the air. I had football this weekend. And I found out I was one of the wizards from uh, Lord of the Rings, and someone said, "Who's guarding Greybeard?" Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like you get, become this old guy. But it's the only way I know how to play. Like, and but like, I want the game called as fair as possible. Like the the team we were playing on Wednesday night didn't need any extra outs. Uh, their pitcher was throwing 100 miles an hour to our girls, which fine, whatever. So one of our girls bunted, and I told you it's windy; it's coming off their foot. So the ball is going to spin backwards once it hits the ground. Catcher comes running in hits the ball. And so because she touched the ball, it should automatically be fair. It hadn't passed that line or whatever. She's in fair territory. And the ump called it foul. And ultimately, um, after we had like a little bit of discussion about it, Chick he was like, well, <laughs> she was in foul territory when she touched it. And I'm going, that's not no, – it's impossible. She's running in because she knew the girl was going to bunt. The ball's in the air. It didn't go over her head and out of bounds. There'd be no reason for her to even try to touch it. So I'm sitting there having a conversation. A third baseman goes, Hey, can we play? And I said, Yeah. As soon as I'm done talking to him, sit back, Chief. And then <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm going to kickball, Jeremy. Why are you being like? This I'm is being... the thing. You know what? Jeremy and I saw each other a lot at kickball over the years, but now that I hear this, I'm really glad we never played against each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very easy going. Like when I'm, especially in kickball. Football is the exact opposite, though. I'm I'm an a hole to everyone. So well, yeah, was this bit. before or after your head was bleeding? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was after. Definitely after. They could have had a good laugh with that. So, God, um, man. God. (laughs) All right. Anyway, back to the draft for a second. Yeah, way off topic. No, I don't care. I don't care. So um, is there anything the Ravens could do that would make you lose your mind? 
Um, I don't think so because, like, my, my full expectation is they they use one of those draft picks and pick where they're at, and they trade back with the other one. Where I hate that. The talk I hate was, that. And, and, that's going to yeah, make me it, lose my mind. Really? See, yep. I think that's what they do. It's going to be a DMX situation. More. See, I, I, this is my problem, Jeremy. And I wrote about it today. I don't think the Ravens are more third-round picks away from being able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're special football players away from being able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not talking about like five or six. I think they're one or two special football players away. I don't think they need guys. I think they need studs. And I get it like, you know, that guy might not be there at 31, but my answer would be that means you need to be aggressive. I, I, I think they're too close they're not like the window to me isn't the next five years. The window's now, but it's with another really good football player or two. And trading back and acquiring more picks and, and doing like a year ago, they had four third round picks. And I, I think those guys might still pan out at some mm-hmm. point. But what did they get out of the Tyree Phillips and Malik Harrisons and um, Devin Duvernay's of the world? And Justin Matabuike, Justin Matabuike looked the best of, of that group, I think, a year ago. But those four third-round picks did not help them try to go win a Super Bowl last season. They, they, I, I don't think they need more picks. I think they need special. Yeah, but I would have said the same thing if you looked at year one after they drafted Zadarius Smith, Matt Judon, and some of these other guys that panned out. Like A lot of times, they actually hit on those third-round picks. It just takes them a while to, to kind of get there. Uh, and, and I think they so, might still hit on some of those guys. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, just, I, don't think, I, think, I think what I'm trying to say is they need guys now. <laughs> like, they... they Look at the but difference. Do you, think, do you think it's roster construction that, that is going to help them beat the Chiefs, or do you think it's game planning and execution? Um, I think it's more – to me, I think it's more I, – I, I'm not saying it's not both. I think it's more roster mm-hmm. construction right now. I, I think right I, look, now – I think it's a fair argument either way, right? Like, I, I mean, agree. We could, yeah. I could sit here and make a case for both of them. Um, and, like, ideally – I said this even before they made the trade of Orlando Brown because I expected this to happen. Right. Wouldn't this be the year – where you'd want to package some picks together and go get your guy. Um, I don't know if that means them moving up to four and getting Kyle Pitts, or you know, moving up to twelve and maybe getting Waddle. Or by the way, would be would be wildly in favor of moving up to get Kyle Pitts. It ain't happening. <laughs> they yeah. just they well, don't they don't have the ammo. Well, the one thing I could see happening is that Devontae Smith starts to slide, and maybe they move up with one of their first round picks and move back with the other one, um, and you know, try to you know try to make some hay as far as picking up some more. Uh, picks with the the other pick and it, it all depends like but Devonte smith sliding is kind of interesting to me just because everybody's talking about his size where it's like all these mock drafts are coming out you know the one thing that hasn't changed since they first mocked him to go in the top five his size right that's the, only the same size then right that's a great point I, you know it's just it just seems silly to me but that sounds like that that may actually happen more and more people have waddle ahead of him and then it's like all the other receivers uh bateman um you know uh, i mean we could sit here and go through the entire list of guys that could be there. I, I'm really intrigued to see what they do, knowing that they have two first-round picks now. This would be the year to move up and go get someone you covet. But again, it just doesn't seem like their mo. And with a quarterback nice. coming up with a, um, you know, big contract on that, that's coming soon at some point. Getting cheap talent at all these positions, maybe even drafting two guys in the first round, where you have that fifth-year player option and you get them on the cheap. If you can hit on both of them, uh, that would be better for this team as hard as that is to believe when you'd rather have the big name player i hear you know by the jeremy Kahn is with us here on glenn clark radio I, and i agree 
to some extent, right? I still just keep mm-hmm. coming back to, I think the biggest thing for this football team is, and this isn't to knock like Zadarius Smith, who turned out to be a really good football player, and frankly, in Green Bay, has been special. He was never special in Baltimore, but when he got to Green Bay, he became special. I, I, that, I still think that there's a limited amount of special on this roster. There's a quarterback who's special. There's a cornerback who's special. There's a left tackle when healthy who's special. They got a, a kicker and a punter who are special. And a tight end who's not quite special, but really close, right? Like, if he was yeah. just more consistent in big games, we would probably say he was special. We know he's really good, and that's a really good thing to have. I, would, I, you, would you trade the 31st pick for Julio Jones? Oh, in a heartbeat, I would. No, I mean it's would not. You? It's it in a heartbeat. I would, and it's and it's not. It's that's too. It's too simple because you got to bring up you know Cap Julio Jones, all, sure, all yes. of those things. It's too simple to just say that, but in a heartbeat, I would do that because I genuinely believe that that's the type of thing that they might be away from winning a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I you had so many specials in there. I thought the church lady was coming out. Yeah, isn't that special? Right? Isn't 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 that special? Isn't that special? Oh, Saddam, isn't that special? Um. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's what you're up against in trying to beat Kansas City. And, and look, you know, the answer could be that Patrick Mahomes gets hurt next year and there's a wide-open path for you. But I think if you're trying to beat Kansas City, the notion that you're going to go do it with this group of players just tweaking a couple of things and how you call I, – I don't know that I see that. I, I, I think see, you See, I don't see Kansas City as dominant as a lot of I – mean, I guess this came across last year when we were having those conversations. But um, – I think they're really, really good, but I think there are clear holes on their team, and I think it's more about execution against them. And granted, look, this is a better players are going to help you execute yeah. more, right? Yeah. Better, you got situations where um, you would look at uh, their scheme offensively and what they should be doing or what they could do to, to make themselves better. And, and do they take an honest look in the mirror and say, this is what we need to do? I feel like in the last time they lost to Kansas City, they panicked. Um, that game was such a blowout. And I think people realized because of du- was it Duvernay's return. Um, that game was so far out of hand. But the previous two times, I mean, that's one where you lose in overtime after having a lead, and Pat Mahomes turns out to be freaking Superman in that game. And the other time where you battled back, but it was a little too late. So, But they're all, don't get me wrong, it's three losses. I just don't think they're as far ahead of the Ravens as everybody else does, but maybe that's just me. No, I mean, I think they're, I look, and but most of it is the quarterback. I think they're ahead of just about everybody because of the quarterback, and mm-hmm. you know, they clearly weren't over, able to overcome having no offensive linemen, but they've addressed that, you know, like they've, they've got an offensive line now, and if those guys stay healthy, I think they're going to be really difficult to beat again this year. All right, um, let me, let me handle this one was on my list for you today. Uh, the concept, people talk about it as your death row meal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Death Row Records, of course, if you happen to end up signing with Death Row Records, then what kind of meals would you want to eat with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre? Sure. Uh, and Shook. Well, his share. I'm not sure that I'm going to be wanting to eat many meals with Shook. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll put it a different way. My wife and I were having this conversation. My wife's birthday was yesterday. And she has, since she was literally a child, wanted the same meal for her birthday every year. And it's, really? it's her mother's uh, ribs. Her mother bakes ribs. They're they're quite good. I mean, they're very very good. And she yeah. wants them every year. And she like she said to me, she's like, you you're not really that type. Like you don't have like a meal that you want on your birthday every year. I'm like, well, one, I'm adult. You know, like I don't really the birthday thing is kind of sure, yeah. for the most part over. Yep. Like we don't really, you know, it's, I'm I'm not getting a, a like, pony oh, wow, or look. party hats or anything like that. But but then I started thinking about it, and like I don't have a singular meal. That when somebody says, like, what's the one meal you would want, I, I just don't have it. Like, I don't have something that I go to because I'm the type that just wants to try 
new things constantly and order something different whenever well, I go thing, somewhere. I'm most looking forward to about death row meals. I can give you three things. If, okay. uh, give me, give me, stuff, give me yeah. your, give me your meal. You get one. Okay. Does it have to meal. be for one place? Is it one meal. That's it. One meal. So, so I'd say that. Let me just say this. So, like, I love more than anything. I don't want to say more than anything, but one of my favorite things to routinely do is go to Fogo and just eat until I have meat sweats, and they it's, have to carry me out on a flat. That's only kind of technically a meal. <laughs> it's a good yeah. time. I mean, that's yeah. just. I mean, look. That's. A, I, I'm. I'll give you the exact meal because here's what I would tell you is that if I was going to have my final meal, my favorite thing to eat, believe it or not, this sounds so weird. Is chicken marsala from Carabas, and it has to be from Carabas. It seems like such a low rent decision. <laughs> uh, no offense to thing. no it's offense to Carabas, the wonderful people, but you got any meal in the world that you can have, and that's your that's go-to. What I, want. I don't care. Like get Carabas on the line right now because I love them. <laughs> that's so um, weird. And I, I love their chicken marsala over anybody else. Like every time I go to an Italian restaurant, it's like, oh yeah, try the chicken marsala. It always tastes like everyone else's chicken marsala, and theirs doesn't. And I would finish it off by having my mom's pineapple upside down cake, which is probably the most unhealthy thing you could have because I think well, she's. But you're, puts about, you're about to die, though. Right. So, an care. entire <laughs> crate of butter in it. Like, it, 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 it's not measured <laughs> in anything. It's crate. Crate was the right measurement because I don't even know how they fit that much melted butter. It's one of the best tasting things I've ever had. So, my mom's pineapple upside down cake to finish it off. But that's my, that would be my go to. All right. That's an interesting decision, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if it has to, so you can combine things. I mean, I would say. But it's a meal. Like, you know, you got to put it together in a meal. I'm not naive. I would say a real good steak. Like a real good one. It seems one. like such like a, a... Like a 22-ounce like cowboy or like a ribeye sort of thing or porterhouse. You're going to be like Bradley Bozeman of the Big Texan. You're going to eat like 70 yeah. ounces of if steak I'm right dying, before you die. Not, right? <laughs> um, I want some wings. I got to have some wings on the side. I, I mean... I got to. Got to have mac and cheese. Got to have greens. Uh, and Kyle's, lastly, Kyle's gonna be the only cake. man that has leftovers yeah. of his final meal. Give me an entire chocolate cake. Well, of course you would. Why does would some, you not? Does somebody else want to finish like, this yeah, dead guy's meal? Give me a pack of six crackers, please. If I'm dying, I'm gonna eat for real. And I need lobster tails also. Give me a bunch of lobster tails. The only thing that I can say is that, like, I I will eternally like food to me. The way that people talk about like steak dinners, and don't get me wrong, I love a steak dinner. Do you though? I do. It sounds like I do about love to a, steak a steak dinner. But to me, when somebody talks about like what's the ultimate food for you it's finding a, a barbecue joint somewhere that, that i've that never well. found before like if i go to a town that i've never visited before and you're like we can go to the nicest steak restaurant in town or we can go find the barbecue spot in this town my answer will 10 times out of 10 be we're going to find that barbecue spot i will always choose that no matter what that's I the way that i'm like going that. to operate and so I, I've never been to this this pig roast that. Uh, oh, you're gonna you're June nineteenth. You're gonna be there. We. I mean, this okay. is this is part of the joy of my life is roasting a pig every year. And, and can, can I tell you my favorite story? So my brother's first marriage. It seems like we all like to get married a lot in my family, so we do it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. um, but I but we, I appreciate the fact that not all of you marry within the family. Yes, not not all of us, <laughs> just some of us. But uh, <laughs> that's so terrible and so true. Um, but uh, my brother had a redneck kind of wedding, a uh, little just kind of throw together. They roasted a, a pig outside, and my grandfather was in charge. And my grandfather was a drunk and just, you know, just, I mean, was a drunk. He's still a drunk. But uh, but he was out there. And this is one of my favorite scenes that's just so hard to describe, like, just how disgusting it was. But somebody came up to him, and everybody called him Pop. Like, hey, Pop, is the uh, the pig ready? He goes, let me check. He takes out, like, a ball-peen hammer hits the pig on top of the skull, pulls out its brains, pours a little hot sauce on it, and goes, not yet. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
Like, how did he know that it wasn't done by eating the brains, first off? Because the brains were still raw. Yeah. And why on earth did he even eat those? It's just, a, it's like so disgusting. But So, so know, I'm gonna be, you're going to be disappointed. We clean out the pig before we roast ah. it. So I'm so sorry to tell you. So sorry to tell you. That's not going to be an option. How drunk was <laughs> We clean out that pig before we put it how on. How drunk would you have to be to do something like that? I yeah, feel like I, I'd have to be unbelievably I can't, drunk. I can't fathom. <laughs> One year they got me to eat one of the pig's nipples at oh, the pig roast. Yeah, quote unquote, one year. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I just love pig nipples. It's just <laughs> the thing that I'm really into. I was like, "What exactly am I eating here?" And it was just gristle. That's all it was. It was just you know, kind of gross, and yeah, it, was, it was nothing great. that made it particularly worse. Every I like the cheek meat, of course. Is, oh yeah, the is gel. Is massive. A good gel. If you don't oh, have a good I definitely gel, want you to try some of my cheek meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, gonna pork be pork butt. That's is gonna be the Thursday shoulder. night. Okay, we 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 should set up a bet though for Thursday night. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't think my buddy Terry is at Looney's anymore. We need to figure out somebody there that'll hook us up. We need to figure out what the grossest booze they have is at Looney's, and we need to create a bet for you and I for Thursday night that the loser. Okay. What am I kidding? They're just going to find out what the grossest booze is, and Jeremy's just going to drink it. Why, why do we need to have a bet? I'll drink it while Jeremy I will just bring them a, Jeremy will just bring them a lord, you know? Correct, correct. 100%. I could bring some more malort if you want. Oh, God, why would I want that? All right, exactly. All right, maybe maybe you need to. I don't know what the rules are there, but maybe you need to in order to up this thing that we're doing. Oh. Project Game Day, our draft special is Thursday night. Come out and hang out with us at Looney's Pub in Perry Hall. Great eights memorabilia with the number eight dot com to get your tickets. Uh, do we know about the other thing you asked me about last week? Can we confirm whether there will be some of those available on Thursday? Oh yeah, that they they will be there. So uh, most bobbleheads. If you um, if you haven't gotten one yet, there will be a handful. Is that the right way of saying it? Yes. Yeah. There will be a handful of Mo Gabba talking bobbleheads available at Looney's on Thursday night. They're, they're fifty bucks. He asked. He's been doing cash only. I don't know if that's changed, but I just want people to be prepared so they're not running around without any cash on them. So if you come up, it'll be first come first serve until he sells out or see how many he has left. All right. So that's another thing that we're going to be doing on Thursday night. On top of the meet and greet with Gus Edwards, get your tickets, mission ticks, grade eights memorabilia. That benefits Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland, and the money from the bobbleheads goes to benefit. I, I, you got to have to remind me one more time, Jeremy. Johns Hopkins Children's Center. Thank you, the Johns Hopkins Children's Center. So a lot of good things happening. If you can't join us, make sure you're watching Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listening to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Hey, Glenn, one, one last thing is that we have that farm-to-table dinner in Moe's honor. Oh, that's uh, right, gonna, yes. It, it'll be July 24th at, I believe it's Red Acre Farms. It might be Red Acre hydroponics or something but it's uh it's going to kind of be like a wedding reception the the menu is amazing for this thing it's i think it's 125 bucks a ticket all the money's going to john hopkins children's center uh the only thing that's actually being paid for is the actual product the food everything else is being donated chefs are donating their time uh the wonderful people over there at red acres donated the entire facility for us that weekend live music they're donating their time uh, all kinds of stuff being auctioned off. It's going to be a great event. Um, and and is there somewhere in particular that people can go to get their tickets for that? So I'll try to share it again on my social media, but it's on there. I know I've been sharing a ton of like creepy videos, but on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I've posted it on all three. But if anybody has any trouble finding it and they want to come, again, July 24th, uh, it's the second to last Saturday in July, um, and you can just hit me up on social media, and I'll give you the link. Excellent. Excellent. That's a wonderful thing you guys are doing. Of course, the Big Bad Morning Show every morning, 6 to 10, at Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 on Twitter. Jeremy Kahn, appreciate it, bud. We'll see you Thursday night. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7, the fan, checking in with us here on GCR. By the way, uh, John, from, John from Little Rock, your final meal, not that dissimilar to the meal that we had last night, um, 
So uh, so she had her birthday dinner, like her mom's thing. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. was on Saturday. So she's like, well, you still have to take me out for my birthday. She's a birthday on. weekend gal. Oh, but I mean, birthday week. My birthday. wife. Yeah. Um. So she and this is a weird thing. We go to Chipperellis every Christmas, mm-hmm. but we didn't get to go this year. We just had to Why? order. Yeah, there was something going on. We had to order, so she literally, like on on Friday, I was making plans. I was going to grill steaks. That was the plan for Sunday night. Is nice, I was going to grill steaks. Nice meaty boys. Yeah, right? And she asked me on Saturday, she was like, hey, what what's the plan for tomorrow? And I was like, well, do you, do you really want to know, or do you want to be surprised? She was like, I, I kind of want to know. She didn't trust your surprise. I don't think it was that as much as she just decided she really wanted this other thing. I hear you. She was like- I hear you, but you're wrong. She was like, wow, that sounds really good, but can I, can I say something? And I was like- I guess Margaret <laughs> calling you. She's like, I really want Chipperellis, and I was like, Oh, well, okay, you know, like you don't have to tempt me with a good time. She um she did the bit where she was like, so recently when we go to Chipperellis, I've just been ordering two salads because mm-hmm. it's just what I want. All mm-hmm. I, I why mess around with this? I know what I want. Let me get the thing that I want. She said you can't do that, so I I tricked her. I ordered a salad, and then I ordered another salad and put shrimp on top of it. So I didn't technically just get two salads. Okay. Nailed it. Why'd you go shrimp Nailed over chicken? It. No, there was something about it. By the way, they're I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love I've, shrimp. I mean, I've I've had their shrimp scampi a few times. It's very good, and I their grilled shrimp was I mean, shrimp really outstanding on on the salad. I don't know. I just feeling shrimp I last know, night. On Friday night, with my girlfriend and her family and all that. That's this new place in Fells. Okay. And this French dip sandwich I got, not great. Really? Yeah, it was dry. Hard to, it's hard to. Well, did you? Of course, I, I mean, did. I was gonna I say, did, like, but like, you still want it to be like a. You I mean, I hear you. You don't. You don't want it. To, you don't need like cracking. You of course. Know, like. And the topping choices, like, I asked for grilled onions, right, yeah. to be put on top because uh-huh. I like grilled onions. Who doesn't like grilled onions? They gave me these the pearl onions, halved okay. and like put on a grill, like charred with them, but not like sautéed. I don't know. That still sounds pretty they good. They were to still me. tasty. Yeah. But then there was also like carrot on there. And it was just a That's little a bizarre. Bit. There was no That's cheese. A That's a weird bit, man. I was um, that part I didn't love, but I did have some uh, tasty chicken chicken corn dog bites. Ooh, ooh, yeah, those are good. Ooh. I enjoyed those very much. Ooh, those are tasty. Sounds like something my my children would enjoy. Who doesn't? If you don't like corn dogs, you either just haven't tried them, uh, or you're too snobby. John said it'd be a, the crab soup from a, a crab cake and crab soup from Schultz's, then a chip salad and a cannoli from Vaccaro's. We did, of course, the chip salad, and then we. I mean, come I mean, on. Are. What, 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 what are you going to do if you're in Little Italy? You, you're going to not go to... I always feel bad when they come around at, at Chips and ask you if you want dessert. Like, Yeah, right. I always really feel bad because I'm sure their dessert is quite good. It's of just course. that, like, hello, sure. we're, we're going to walk 20 feet over and we're going to go get our cannoli. That's the way that this works. Yeah, it's tough. The last meal thing, I would, of course I'd have more food than I could eat. Why would you not have more food than you can eat? I guess if it's your last meal. I don't know. I don't want to be in pain necessarily. I don't I crap. Wanna, I'm going to die. I know. I hear you. I <laughs> like, hear you. All right. Uh, today's show has also been brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and to the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. John Means on the cover. It's a story about John Means, but really about him and Chris Holt, who's taken over the pitching responsibilities for the entire organization. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wrap it up. It is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. It's been brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Oh, I feel like there were things that we needed to do that we haven't done, but 
We're just not going to do them, frankly, is the way this is going to go. That's we the end of it. talked much about the Orioles, but, like, you know. I mean, they, they beat the, the God A's, bless them. They teams they hadn't ended, been able to yes, do. Yes, they yeah. ended the A's win streak. So there's that. I mean, I, I, is there something else I'm supposed to say? No. They play the Yankees starting tonight. We'll tell you more about that in Tubular. I, Zach Lather pitched. That was cool. I mean, that, that's neat. And the in the context of we're going to be watching, and so if we're going to watch, we want to see some things sure. that are more interesting. Zach Lather fits into that uh, significantly, no doubt. Um. We finally got the the thing that we've been talking about, the what if somebody throws a no-hitter in a seven-inning yeah, right. double-header game? It's stupid. Just the guy threw a no-hitter for F's sake. What are we I mean, what are we doing? Come on. Throw a no-hitter. Well, as you know. Jesus. Seven-inning games aren't real games. You're really furious about that. And that's good. We'll we'll just we'll just move on. We'll get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles, the focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, call KNS now, 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com, KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. Tidbit of the day. So, the Ravens, in possession of the 27th and 31st overall picks now in the first round, make them one of four teams this year with multiple first-round draft picks, joining the likes of New York, the Jets. That's what I, That's what I was going to say. New York, Miami. Okay. And the last one that I am now just forgetting. Wow. Who is it? Was a, it was a good setup for all of this. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Houston, I think, right? Uh, no, no, they no, traded no, all they those. They traded, players. yes. So whoever Houston say. traded, there's two, and then somebody again. Washington is the other one. That's right. Yes. Yes, that's right. So the Ravens now join those ranks. However, if they were to, let's say, trade both of those two picks for a higher draft pick, the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart would say they could get all the way up to number 11 overall. If they traded both of those yes. picks, just Correct. just those two picks. Correct. Yeah. So Jimmy Johnson and Dave Gettleman, of course, so it laments how he has not had the opportunity to trade back. Well, here you go, Dave. Well, and in if fairness, like mind. not every team is thinks that Jimmy Johnson's chart is sure, Bible any sure. longer. Sure. Of course, you could probably trade maybe next round, next year's first round pick and move up even further. Another possibility is, as Peter King suggested, trading up higher into the 20s where he had them trading with Tennessee, though Tennessee have very similar needs as do Baltimore. So perhaps 21, where Indianapolis has their second, they were the second team with two picks, has their second first-round pick. Perhaps that pick could be a target, and the charts would suggest that packaging the number 27 and the number 94 pick would be enough to get to 21. So plenty of options for Baltimore and they will have to decide just what they are interested in doing. We have mentioned wide receivers. Well, in that same Peter King article, he did a little study on wide receivers drafted in the first and second rounds since 2016. And of all the wide receivers drafted in the first round in that span, they averaged 42.3 yards, or excuse me, 42.3 catches, 600 yards, and 14.2 yards per catch during their rookie seasons or actually during average seasons of all. Mm. Round two receivers, 42.5 receptions, so .2 receptions more, 538.7, so 60 fewer yards, and 12.7 yards per catch. Not a very drastic difference 
in the production, of course, we've discussed I the mean, likes of, you know, the DK Metcalf, yes. the AJ Browns, etc., who have thrived. The Ravens, one of two teams to never draft a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Is it Washington? It is. Yeah, I thought I remembered. Washington. I thought I remember, not recently, but I thought I remember knowing that from some point along the line. That is the other one. So how did they get Art Monk then? I don't know. So I, I like I've never done any work on this, but like, how did Art Monk become a Washington football feller? Don't know. He was a first round draft pick of the Washington football team. But never made a Pro Bowl? No, he made three. Well, that doesn't make any sense, then. I don't understand this at all. And I've definitely seen this tidbit before. Is there a time frame in there, maybe, that that's, that that's uh, what it since is? Since 96, 96, okay. Yes. All right, since the Ravens came in, yes. since the Ravens, in the Ravens' existence. Correct, yes. Yes, because I've, I've never, like, cared enough about the other side of that to do any work on it. But it always did alarm me. Like, they have a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You would have thought. Like, he... Would have been a first And I thought, and like, I don't role. remember him having played anywhere before he was in Washington. I'm like... I just never bothered to do any legwork on that. You are correct. It didn't make any sense. There I am right. Frame. So, yes. you were wrong. No, well, yeah. Your tidbit was wrong. Well. Do you want to apologize to anybody? <sighs> Only God can judge me. Ah, I've heard that before. So I'm gone. <laughs> hey, you're screwed. Either I got bad news, man. Or leave me alone. I got bad news. All right. Uh, today's show and uh, Tubular brought to you by Window Nation. Act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows. Every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Here's what's coming up. Totally tubular this evening. Orioles-Yankees open up a series 7 o'clock from Camden Yards. It's on Masson. Davey Garcia and Matt Harvey. Do the Yankees still stink, or have they gotten? They're still in last, I believe. Love that. Or tied with us for last, I believe. So we got a lot to compete for this week. Could be a big week, man. Could be a big week. Four games. You know the Royals are in first in their division? That's weird. They were my last pick in our thing. Aren't the the White Sox supposed to be good? Yeah, they're like 12 and 9 right now or something. The Royals are 13 and 7. Bums. Padres. By the way, everybody's everybody's in love with the Padres, and, and we should be. They're in third place. Yeah, yeah, it's the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing. MLB Network, Royals, Tigers, 1 o'clock, Reds, Dodgers at 10. ESPN, Cubs, Braves at 7. NBC Sports, Washington, Spurs, Wizards at 7. NBA TV. God, why do I got to mm. – I'm going to the uh, – they're doing an event to sort of cold open the sports and social thing at the uh, Live Casino Hotel tonight. And I'm very – I was appreciated sure. getting the invite. I'm looking forward to going – I'm sure it's going to be an amazing place. But the Suns are on TV tonight again. Mm. I would have really enjoyed – you know, I would imagine they might have it on. They do have a lot of TVs. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point. <laughs> Suns Knicks, seven thirty <laughs> on NBA TV. But I, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to like focus, and I think I have I'm supposed to mingle and do all that whole thing. You know me, I'm a, yeah, I'm a mingler. A mingler. I'm a mingler. Love to play the room. Suns Knicks, seven thirty. The Knicks are really good. They've won like nine in a row. Them, it's man. crazy, man. Uh, the Suns lost to the Nets yesterday. I'm not thrilled about that. Mavericks, Kings, 10 o'clock on NBA TV, NBCSN for Hurricane Stars at 7.30, and then the PLL College Draft tonight at 10.30. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Give me some highlights non-sports-wise. Ooh, good doctor. He's a good doctor. 10 o'clock, ABC. I know you're a big fan. What, what, when I say highlights, yeah, yeah, why do you always doctor. lead with things that I could not be less interested in? What do you in? mean you love a good doctor? I don't. Bear Grylls running wild on National I Geographic like Bear at 9 Grylls, o'clock. Though. Yeah. Fallon has Urban Magic Johnson. Who knows what he's promoting, but find out. Um, 
stuff and things, check it all out at glennclarkradio.com. Right. Anthony Mackie's on Colbert. I thought you had to say Anthony Hopkins. No. Which be It'd be funny if they but awkward. The Oscars couldn't. But awkward. But yeah, stuff and things. Oh, what a terribly uncomfortable moment of television that was. All right. Uh, very good. Thanks today to uh, Rondale Moore. Thanks also to Doug Farrar from USA Today. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. Thanks as well to Johnny Stefanowitz. Holy crap, what a story he is. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Jeff Schwartz. Yeah, we're going to talk more about offensive line uh, with Jeff Schwartz. Talk about the Orlando Brown trade, the guys that the Ravens are perhaps looking at as external options to fill the right tackle role, as well as he's doing a show for Fox Sports 1 that's sort of like the um, the John Gruden quarterback yeah. show, but he's doing it for offensive line. Who now linemen. is Herb Street quarterback yeah, I, show. Yeah, I watched. Okay, so I did not sleep well on Friday night. I think it's related to the old pool groin. Uh, so I, after my son's lacrosse game on Saturday, mm-hmm. I was out. So I went to watch the Maryland Hopkins game and ended up falling asleep. And then when I woke up, it was the Kirk Herbstreet program that yeah. was on the TV. And Not as good. I, well, I just don't really understand. Why like him? Right. Yeah, like, that's, that's the part that I don't get. Like, yeah, I mean, wh- what's the, what's the cachet or, there? What's the, or, I get it. Like, doesn't Steve Young still work for ESPN? Like, wouldn't that be a Does more relevant... He, uh, I think he does. does. Maybe, yeah. Matt Hasselbeck works for ESPN. Like, there are some pretty high level. I get it. Orlovsky would still be a a difficult sell, right? Like, I get that he's popular on TV, but, like, he was not good. I know what you mean. I I just, it's a really weird bit with, I mean, like, I like Kirk Herbstreet. He's he's a good broadcaster. But I just, that's that's weird. It's very weird. I agree. All right. Well, we did that part of the program. We'll talk to Jeff Schwartz tomorrow, though. Stuff and things. Irons and fires. Good. Irons and fires. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox. All of our great. Don't forget, uh, tonight, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley talking baseball on uh, Facebook Live, facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, 6 o'clock for that. Uh, I think uh, it's KZ and I that will be joining him Wednesday night for uh, sort of a draft preview show. So uh, that's this week. All Stan shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Great Eights Memorabilia, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.